All right, all right. It is Friday, and it's the big 150th yes, episode. I cannot believe we are at 150. I know. I mean, dude, this has been like the best. Like, I, I just doing this every single week, and with with all of the stuff that we've talked about over these years, yeah. and like all of the amazing people that we've had on the show, it's just been like one of the best times of my life ever. Yeah, like, honestly, honestly, I mean, it gives us a chance to like let loose, let everything out. Like, despite outside factors, like we can come on the show and just have fun, get a little crazy, and it's really a stress reliever. It really is, and we get to talk every week about what we love. Exactly. You know, and what we're passionate about, and what better way to do that than this? I exactly. Mean, it's just, exactly. And the fact that you guys love it is even better. Even better. <laughs> I mean. It's so great, guys. It's so great. Well, we have a great show for you guys tonight. Of course, Carol Barbie coming on yes. the show. Talk about Second Raising time. Dion Season 2. Man, we're so super excited she does actually answer some of our questions about season two yeah you guys are in for her treat because if you need the inside info on what's going to happen we we might have those answers for you yes man so good so good that was later on the show now let's get a little crazy What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, you guys already know the big 150th. Yes! And your host with the most, myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only Mal. What's up? Guys, it's going to be a super special show. Not only do we have Carol Barbie coming on, but we have the forever guest coming on for the top five segments. Yes, her 11th appearance, guys, if you can believe it. She's been there since the very beginning. Yeah, like the literally, literally the very beginning, uh, and she's still around, and we just love her to death. Agreed. Eleven times, I know it's wild, man. It is, it's absolutely it's wild. And of course, there's going to be another appearance as well. I mean, Peanut is wandering around. Our puppy, he's wandering around right now. So if you're watching the YouTube video, you might see him a little bit later. Probably a good bet because he <laughs> he likes to be seen. He does, so. <laughs> he does. He loves the attention. He loves he the attention. But guys, we have a jam-packed show for you guys this week. There is some epic disney news there's some epic a lot of dc news happening oh, this yeah. week like, oh yeah that's just absolutely phenomenal some of it breaking literally right here right now so it's going to be an epic show but before we get this thing started be sure to head over to www.crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear yes we've got shirts we got hats we got tumblers we got stickers we got buttons we got all the things and of course you can also go to our website to donate to our patreon page it's right there in the right hand corner click on it and decide what tier you want to do and we just appreciate all the donations and we appreciate the support guys yes indeed man let's get started with the juggernaut i mean of course why not i love this one though because this is a smart move it's necessary right now and disney has been like i said like we talked about on the show last week bob Iger making this move about we need to do better we yeah. need to do better. We can do better. Well, another move. And, of course, now Chappick involved as the CEO and everything. But longtime Disney exec Jenny Cohan has been named head of social responsibility for the company. That's a newly created post. And Cohen is going to lead the company's global corporate social responsibility and environmental social and governance work. Mm. And I like this. Uh, I, Bob Chappick, CEO, he said in a statement, 
Consumers, employees, and investors are increasingly looking to companies to drive positive, impactful change in the world. And at Disney, our goal is to be as admired for our values and contributions to society as we are for the superb entertainment that we create. I love that. That's a very CEO statement. It is. That's good. That's really good because, I mean, I'm sure everybody has heard. We're like, eh, is Chappick really going to be the guy? Is he going to like – he's got some huge shoes to fill. But, I mean, this is a great step forward. So, I mean, I like this. I like this statement. Yeah, socially conscious. You should be socially conscious about the environment and the world and, and what you're putting out there. And She's been there for like 21, 23 yeah. years, something like that, and most recently in charge of branding. So she's all about the brand, the name, oh, yeah. what Disney stands for. So, And Walt was that. Remember, Epcot Center yeah. was the world of tomorrow, the future world, and what he envisioned and what he wanted. Yeah. And so I feel like that Walt would love this. Yeah, Walt would completely this. agree. The inclusivity is absolutely beautiful. Man, there's awesome some more casting announcements for Captain Marvel 2. Yes. Zowie Ashton has been cast, and apparently she's going to be the film's antagonist. Yes, the big baddie. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what character she's going to be playing yet. Of course, Marvel's very hush-hush about these things. Yes. So everything's all up in the air, but Nia DaCosta is directing the film, and of course, it's the follow-up to the epic blockbuster, and the story editor was actually writing on WandaVision as well. So it's one big family. Yeah, it's going to be badass. And I think it's all... We know... Anybody who's watched this week's show knows with, uh, you know, Monica Rambo. Yeah, yeah. She's also going to be in Captain Marvel 2, and so it only makes sense that somebody from WandaVision's writing team would be involved in it because exactly. she's probably going to be responsible for the Monica Rambo stuff, I would think. Yeah. I mean, you know, it only makes it's sense. It's all connected. It's yeah. all connected. And speaking of WandaVision, it's whooping ass. It is. If you guys know, it's, it's the most popular show in the world right now. That's not, I'm not even making that up. That was like a, literally a thing. It is the most watched, <laughs> most popular show in the world right now based on streaming numbers um and in its debut a couple of weeks ago what three weeks ago four weeks ago now um it made it into the top 10 on streaming platforms debuted at number six uh with 434 million minutes viewed over the three days now that's impressive because disney plus had only released the first two episodes yeah that's 400 plus minutes with only two episodes which is insane um and that's looking really good because the numbers have steadily increased since then. So I'm guessing when the new numbers come out, we'll see it rising in the top ten. Yeah. Um, probably knocking off some Netflix stuff. Yeah. It's always delayed. Look, we're just getting the numbers for the first week. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm betting like a month from now we'll be talking about how it bumped off a bunch of Netflix shows. But yeah. it only makes sense. It does. It does. I mean, and I love their marketing campaign. Like, they drop the little teasers for, like, the next week's episode, and, oh, I just love it. Oh, Everything gosh. about this show is absolutely brilliant. I didn't, I wasn't necessarily all that keen on it, but when once you start watching it, once you start seeing what Marvel is doing, like, it's absolutely brilliant. And, guys, if you haven't paid attention, the commercials are the Infinity Stone. Pay attention. Yes. Everything is being done intentionally on this show. Exactly. There's a reason for everything. Pay attention. And speaking of exciting, it's fantastic. Finished. It's complete. Finally. It's done. Netflix is completely removed from the scenario, guys. And you know what I'm talking about. If you're a geek, you know you know what I'm talking about. The final two shows, the rights to Jessica Jones and The Punisher, yes. back in Marvel's hands. That means all of the shows, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Punisher, all of the Netflix Marvel shows 
have now reverted back to Marvel. They are now Marvel Studios property. So that leaves the big question. As you guys know, they had to wait two years until after the cancellation before they could revert back and everything. Boom. Done. So now the big question remains. What is Feige going to do? Yeah, right. Is he going to revive these shows with the same casts? That seems to be what the fans want. That seems to be what the casts want. Um, So we don't know. Is he going to fold them into the MCU? How is it all going to work? Will they be on TV? Will they be in movies? What's the deal? We do know that Charlie Cox was seen in Atlanta on the Spider-Man 3 set. Mm. So is he playing Daredevil? Is he playing Matt Murdock? Or is it just coincidence yeah, and he's right? maybe playing somebody else we don't know but we will i'm super excited that now it's all back in the fold yeah completely agree yeah. completely agree and especially keeping bernthal cox and just a couple of others like stick to those characters if oh, yeah. you do bring back those characters and other iterations but yeah i mean those actors performed absolutely yeah if brilliant. you replace anybody in daredevil's cast it's a huge mistake agreed you're never going to get a better kingpin than vincent dion agreed it's never going to happen no. so just keep the entire cast agreed all right man everybody saw this week a trailer for the live action film cruella starring the one and only emma stone doesn't even look like her in my opinion um as a young version of cruella everybody knows her as the 101 dalmatians villainous yes and she's going to be portraying uh deville and the 1970s when she's kind of on her rise in the fashion industry because you know that's why she wants to take these puppies to make their fur into beautiful pelts and blah 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 but yeah i mean it'll be interesting too to see if there'll be a sequel to this leading up to 101 dalmatians live action that would be really interesting yeah i I, i'm gonna go out on a limb and say yes yeah because i think it's gonna be really successful that's what it seems like and i a disney has taken the Marvel formula origin stories. This is exactly what it is. It's yeah. an origin story about Cruella and why she is the way she is. Exactly. But apparently she was born that way. Yeah, right. The trailer, she says it. I'm just evil. Yeah. <laughs> like Nothing happened to her to make her that. She's just born evil. So, yeah, it's really interesting to see, though. And Emma Stone could not have been a better choice. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Oof. This next one, this guy caught a lot of heat over some stupid shit that he said. Yep. The Bachelor host Chris Harrison has announced that he's stepping aside from the franchise for a quote-unquote period of time amid the controversy when he came to defense of Rachel Kirk Connell's uh, past racist behavior. He was basically saying, was it not fashionable back in 2015 or is it just not fashionable now? Well, it's like, no, racism has always been fucking shitty. So, like, what do you mean? Why are you even trying to stick up for this person who was, like, standing at a party in front of a Confederate flag and, like, doing a whole bunch of, like, kind of racist shit? Yeah. So, yeah, bro, just step aside. Well, and I'm going to go – I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he – now, he's voluntarily stepping aside, like, saying I'm going to take some time off. But I feel like Disney's got to fire him. Yeah. If you're going to go the route with Gina Carano, you have to go this route too. Yeah. Why is his any less offensive or why should he not be fired if she was? Yeah. I'm just saying, if you're going to hold the line, you got to hold the line all in. You got to be all in if you do this stuff. So, just saying. Just saying. This next one, yeah, like this is very interesting. I don't know why, I don't know how, but it's happening. (laughs) I'm old enough to remember the original dating game. Yeah. And the remake of the dating game when it was like, you know, but apparently they're doing another one. Yeah. I get it because the celebrity game shows like Celebrity Family Feud and Celebrity Wheel of Fortune and, and Who Wants to Be a Million, they're all doing really well for ABC. They are. Right? They're in the ratings. They're like kicking ass in the 
rating. So, of course, let's do another one, right? But the dating game, you heard me right. Celebrity dating game. Yeah. What? I know. Uh, okay. And here's the even more weird part about it, okay? Michael Bolton <laughs> is hosting it with Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. Like, I love Zoe Deschanel. She's going to be great. Yeah. She's going to be fantastic. But Michael Bolton, and he, <laughs> he's not going to serenade uh, you. No. That's right. Michael Bolton, the singer. You yeah. know, the head explosion. Michael Bolton. He's not serenading you. No. He's going to do reenactments and or spoofs, parodies of the actors or celebrities to try to give clues to the regular people that are trying to date them. I'm not even making this up. This is this is exactly true. It's going to be pretty entertaining. Yeah. It's going to be pretty entertaining. The celebrities, obviously, if you guys aren't familiar with the dating show, they will remain anonymous. They're yes. going to be behind a wall, and there will be three contestants who are trying to vie for the opportunity to be picked by this celebrity to go out on a date. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what... Like, like, what celebrities? I know, right? Like, like is this going to be like a Dancing with the Stars type thing? Or, I mean, like, but according to the logline of the show, it's celebrities in search of love. Yeah. Single celebrities in search of love. Yeah. Maybe they're just trying to find somebody who is not also a celebrity so they can find somebody normal. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know. It's a very interesting concept, though. <laughs> it's a very interesting concept. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we talk about all the time how normal most of them are. Yeah. They're just like us, everyday people. So, yeah. yeah. We'll find out. Oh, uh, yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, Billy Campbell and Angel Parker have been cast in lead roles for the upcoming Kevin Costner drama National Parks. Yes. Very interesting. Campbell will star as Cal Foster, who's an experienced ISB special agent who had worked in the field for years, but now is stepping into a leadership role and wonders if the team will work alongside him and how they will respond to him giving them orders. So mm. that's going to be very interesting. And Parker will play Ava Longridge, who is an ISB's inquisitive intelligence a- analyst who gathers and studies evidence to assess potential threats inside the parks. Interesting. I know. This sounds so much like CSI or NCIS, but national parks. Yeah. That's it. Okay. I know. C- right. CSI, NCIS mixed with Yellowstone. Yes. Hey, yeah, man. that's exactly – I feel like that's exactly what it is. It's yeah. so funny, man. It's so funny. ABC has also confirmed that it's picking up a new multi-camera comedy pilot, Bucktown. Oh. Hailing from ABC Signature Studios, obviously, and is written and executive produced by Emily Wilson, who executive produced The Connors. Uh, Bucktown will center around a protagonist named Amy, who after being dumped by her boyfriend and kicked out of her apartment on the eve of a huge promotion she's about to get. Damn. Uh, she finds refuge at her mom's house in a blue-collar neighborhood that she grew up in, and Amy reconnects with her teenage niece living there at the same house due to her sister's latest rehab stint so it re- revolves around all of them trying to live together and um amy stays because she realizes that the grandma and the niece and the granddaughter are not they're not in they can't do this they're not yeah. equipped they're so not. I, it kind of sounds like mom it does it kind of sounds like mom it does and we'll be talking about that in a little bit so maybe this is like Maybe ABC is trying to capitalize on that. Yeah. I don't know. It'd I don't be know. Interesting. Um, that's not it, though. There, ABC had a lot of announcements at the upfront. It did. Quinta Brunson has set up a single camera comedy pilot at ABC, yes. which she will star in in addition to writing and executive producing. So she's going all in. It is titled Herity Elementary. Mm. That's right. And centers around a group of teachers brought together in one of the worst public schools in the country simply because they love teaching. 
They will rely on each other to make it through the day and find a way to counteract school district's bullshit attitude towards <laughs> – I swear to God, that's what it says. What bullshit it says. attitude towards educating children. I, I love that. I think it's good because, I mean, we don't really see a lot of teacher's point of view when it comes to entertainment. So no. I feel like this is going to be really good. It is. And we'll, I think it's going to address the whole teachers having to teach to tests instead of actually teaching. And like all the bullshit that's been going into it over the last 20 years, you know, I, I mean, I know a lot of teachers personally and they do not like it. Yeah. And so I hope this show addresses that. Agreed. That's going to be awesome. Agreed. But ABC has put some things to bed. Um, as in the Shauna Goldberg Mahin's untitled workplace comedy that was formerly known as Bossy, and that one was going to star Lucy Liu, yep. and the Kelly Ripa and Ryan Seacrest-inspired single comedy camera pilot, um, Work Wife, are both not going for I was shocked by that one. Me too. I mean, Kelly Ripa is supposedly Disney's like golden girl, yeah, apparently. and yet, no. Yeah. No? And Ryan Seacrest, too, for American Idol, which debuted to huge numbers this season. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, okay, but no. Yeah, <laughs> they said nice try, but we'll yeah. see you later. Just kidding. But another nail in the coffin. This one's kind of sad, especially for the younger listeners and younger viewers. Disney announced that Ducktales finale will air Monday, March fifteenth, and in the finale, the last adventure, the future of the adventuring hangs in the balance as the Duck family uncovers an earth-shattering secrets in its final standoff with Fowl. Yes. Um, so apparently, that's the big baddie. Uh, but new episodes of DuckTales will debut on Monday, February 22nd, leading up to the series finale. Yeah. This one was hugely popular, so it sucks to see this one go. It was and had huge people attached to it. I don't know I don't know if you guys are familiar, but one, one, Lin-Manuel Miranda yeah, man. is part of that cast. He's he's gonna. They're all returning for this final season and for the big season finale so or series finale, so... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's see. What? What? Uh, Hulu's Conversations with Friends has cast Allison Oliver, Sasha Lane, Joe Alwyn, and uh, Jeremiah Kirke in the four lead roles. Yes. Oh, okay. Everybody was wondering who that was going to be. The Hulu series follows Frances, a 21-year-old college student, as she navigates a series of relationships that force her to confront her own vulnerabilities for the first time. Oh shit! So it's probably a pampered kid, spoiled. You know, she's out in the real world for the first time. It's like. A coming of age yeah, story, yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, adults are still out there, don't know who they are. So <laughs> I so mean, true. I, I, watch this show. There's watch a lot of show. adults trying to go like, oh, the, the, oh, yeah. I have to confront my own oh world, man. Shit. World. <laughs> um, Hulu's The Dropout will mm. be going head without Kate McKinnon, which oh. is surprising. Yeah, uh, it, who is set to star and executive produce the story of. Theranos, Theranos yep. founder Elizabeth Holmes and her dramatic fall from grace. Yeah. The limited series drama will now look for a new cast, a new actor to play the entrepreneur before uh, the planned summer production starts. So, ooh, that's kind of close, cutting it, man. Yep. Um, but I had no idea about this story. Did you know about this story? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 I mean, she, she basically created this machine that she said could do these, like, diagnostic tests that were, like, almost immediate and yeah. were, like, yeah. And she built it as like the greatest diagnostic tool in medicine like history and it was supposed to do and she was full of shit and she knew it didn't work it was a fake the whole time but the company took off based on everything that was supposed yeah. to happen she became extremely wealthy the company became real uh, extremely wealthy and 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 very 
and then it all fell apart when it didn't work and everybody found out she was a fraud. She eventually went to jail. But um, yeah, this wild. is wild. And so there's a podcast about it. Uh, Rebecca Jarvis Damn. Like, you know, talks about it. And that's what the show is going to be based on or whatever. But yeah, it was a crazy case. I yeah. mean, like she basically was touted that she was going to revolutionize the way medicine was diagnosed. You know, diseases were diagnosed. Yeah, and, it says right here, test for 200 diseases. Damn. Yeah, like, yeah. And she was full of shit from the get-go. Wow. Like in, in no way, shape or form did it ever work. Like so, and yeah. fooled Betsy DeVos and Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, like that's crazy. They both invested a shit ton of money in it. And like, nope, damn man, nope. fucking yeah. shady people, man, shady people. But it's time to talk about some exciting news. Yes, because the full length trailer of Zack Snyder's Snyder Cut of the Justice League has dropped, and holy shit, guys, Ooh. this is fucking badass. This gets me excited. I'm not normally a huge DC guy. Oh my god, we finally saw Dark Side in his full ass fucking glory. Like, I mean, he is going to be one badass villain. Yeah. Um, I. And that scene at the end with fucking Jared Leto's Dude. Joker, like, we live in a society. I that, was just like, like, what? Yeah. And when he turns, don't we Batman? Don't we Batman? Like, what the fuck? That's the Joker we needed in Suicide Squad. Yes. Dude. Like, that was the one. Oh, my gosh. And then, of course, everything in between, all the cyborg stuff and all of the Flash stuff and, like, all this amazing – we're going to see Martian Manhunter yes. in full-out glory. And the reason he reveals himself finally to the world is because Darkseid is too big a threat not to kind of a thing. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. <sighs> Man, that, and that, it's pumping me up. It really is. I and, can't wait. And fucking Superman in the black suit. Dude. Just unloading with, yeah. the, with the heat vision. Oh, like, my God. Oh my, everything. So good. But we've talked about it multiple times before. Premieres on HBO Max March 18th, so mark your calendars. Right around the corner. Baby. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, Aladdin star Mawan uh, Khonsuri is in final negotiations to join Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Black Adam. Now, yes. if you don't remember this guy, he was the bad guy in yep. Aladdin. Yep, he Jafar. Was Jafar. So, and uh, nobody knows what he's going to be playing so far. I mean, his everything's being kept under wraps, you know? It's all about that good stuff. It's true. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be an exciting, exciting film. We've already got a couple of other cast members. Sarah Shahi, Aldous Hodge, and a couple of other epic people. And it's supposed to start filming in Atlanta. Atlanta, April. So yes. right around the corner. I mean, like literally right around the corner. That's gonna be fantastic. And of course, more. Of course. More. We've got more. Uh HBO Max's upcoming Peacemaker series. Obviously, you guys know from the Suicide Squad that 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 has cast Allison Araya and Lenny Jacobson uh -huh. in recurring roles. They of course join John Cena. Yes. In Duh, as Peacemaker, um, as well as series regulars Daniela Brooks, Chris Conrad, Jennifer Holland, Steve G, uh, Robert Patrick, and all the rest that have come out. All and of them. course, they're not telling us who they're playing. Of course. I mean, I have a few guesses just because like, I'm a comic geek, but uh, it's being everything about all the superhero movies kept under wraps. Yeah. You guys know that. Yeah. So we're going to find out, and when we do, we'll tell you exactly, exactly who exactly. they're playing. Exactly. Well, a new Supergirl is coming into the what? mix, guys. This yes. is crazy, and she's going to be in the Flash film, Ezra Miller's Flash film, with uh, Andy What's-His-Face from It. Yes. <laughs> and it's going to be Sasha Kali, and she is from Young and the Restless. Yes. A soap opera star. Yep, yep. And she's going to be, what, what's really interesting about this is, because we were talking, is she going to be the one that we all know in Man of Steel, right? We saw that open pod and everybody just assumed that's Supergirl, yeah. right? That's like – but I don't know now because apparently she's – if you guys know, if you watch Young and the Restless and you're familiar with her, she's Latina. Yeah. This is going to be a Latina Supergirl. Yes. That's a first. That That is definitely different. So is she a different – 
Carol Danvers, is she a different Supergirl than what we're used to? Is she like, we don't know. I know. Uh, I mean, we already know Flash is going to be different parallel universes, yeah. right? Is she a Supergirl from a different universe, different Krypton? We don't know. But I'm excited about it because it's about time we see like the return of Supergirl to the big screen. Agreed. So. And I mean, she beat out 425 different actresses uh, yeah. for this spot. I so mean, go her. you know you got some chops right there Like if you beat out that many people. Exactly. And in this one, I'm not, I'm not sure about either, guys. <laughs> a Constantine series. Series, which has long been talked about, right? And for sure we thought would spin off of Legends of Tomorrow because yeah. he's in Legends of Tomorrow, right? No. It's going to be an HBO Max series, and they're currently searching for who's going to play the lead role. So it's not going to be Keanu, Mm-mm. and it's not going to be the guy who's playing him in Legends of Tomorrow. They're looking for somebody totally different, and they're going to go with a younger version of the character yeah. and focus more on the religious, uh, the horror slant than the religious slant like they have been with the character in the shows and in the movies with uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting part. It's supposedly, rumor has it, going to link up and be a part of Justice League Dark, the mm. series that J.J. Abrams is working on. Yeah. So with Deadman and Spectre and like all that. And I guess they're going to recast Spectre. We know it's not going to be Stephen Amell. Yeah. Who was Spectre in like, you know. Interesting. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, DC's making some moves, man. Good for them. Because, yeah. like we've always said, DC and Warner Media, get your shit together. They're, That's right. They're getting it together. That's right. And not recasting. Yeah. Not recasting the Golden Age Flash. No. Nope. John Wesley Ship is holding on to the helmet. Hell yeah. That helmet with the wings. That's a cool ass helmet. Right, right. Yes, he's coming to Stargirl. You guys know it's the Justice Society of America. Jay Garrick, the Golden Age Flash, was a part of the Justice Society of America. Well, they've decided to keep John Wesley Ship in the role. You guys know he's been playing it forever on The Flash TV show, well, he's going to be making an appearance uh, on Stargirl as Jay Garrick, The Flash. That's epic. So it's going to be a badass. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and it's basically going to merge the world of Stargirl into the current DC, you know, CW-verse. So I, I'm thrilled. I think he's a great, and of course he was the original Flash on yeah, the TV show. Yeah, if you show, didn't know. Whatever. Yeah, but um, I think he's great on The Flash. Yeah. I think he's a great Jay Garrick, and I, it's, it's classy move. Classy, keeping it classy, San Francisco. <laughs> um, but CW is also doing some things. They're intentionally doing a Black Lightning spinoff, Painkiller. Yeah. And then it's added uh, Sib Bong Lei and freaking Alexander Hodge and James Roch to the upcoming cast. Um, Lei, Sim Bong Lei will play Maya, who is described as a strikingly attractive woman, yet is icy and is mysterious. Ooh. Uh, she is a natural leader who is immediately uh, given the impression that she is someone who expects results and is not to be messed with. Oh. Yeah. Don't Sounds like a badass. She's icy. Yeah, literally. Don't, don't, frigid. 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 Don't, don't mess with her. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hodgewell steps into the role of Finkley, who is a ruggedly handsome and with long raven hair, ink art all over his body, and one born from a strong Chinese lineage. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff happening here. Yeah, right? yeah. And, I mean, yeah, I, I was upset when they said they were canceling Black Lightning, but we're getting a spinoff. And, yeah. I mean, could potentially see them in the spinoff. So I'm fine with that. I'm exactly. Fine. What I'm really excited about, though, is... Everybody's favorite because I'm a geek, nerd boy, fanboying out, fanboying out. I've been a fan forever. Uh, Emily would make fun of me right now. But I'm, of course, talking about Ming-Na Wen. Yes. Mulan, like ER back in the in the day and just like, uh, I mean, <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and just so many things. She's like uh, just 
amazing. 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 Anyway, <laughs> she has been cast along with B.D. Wong and James Hong is part of the voice cast and this is why i'm even more geeking out because i'm an 80s kid and gremlins obviously she has been cast as part of the voice cast in the upcoming animated family series gremlins secrets of the mogwai Mm. and that's going to be awesome Uh, matthew reese of course perry mason right now and the americans and like oh my god this guy is like brilliant fucking epic i'm a huge fan of his too he's going to be playing the baddie the Mm. bad guy Ooh, that perfect casting for bad guy yeah um the upcoming 10-episode animated television adaptation, if you guys aren't aware, is going to be set in the 1920s Shanghai and reveals the story of how 10-year-old Sam Wing, who we know from the original movie as the Chinatown shopkeeper, that you know, mm. Gizmo and okay. all that kind of stuff, how it all came to be, and he first met the Mogwai called Gizmo. Oh, shit. So that's going to be badass. Another origin story. Yes. <laughs> Another origin yeah. story. Yes. So well, good. I mean, the, the bunny's got to keep up with the mouse. I mean, you know, it's all a competition. It's all a competition. You want me to take this one? Go for it. Okay, because I'm a huge Good Wife fan, and I love her, Kalinda from The Good Wife. You guys, Good Wife? Kalinda from The Good Wife? Yeah. Are you geeking out like I am? Okay. If not, that's all right. That's all right. Archie, you may, maybe, um, uh, the, 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 okay, never mind. I'm just okay. going to go with yeah. it. Archie Punjabi <laughs> uh, has joined uh, the third season of Snowpiercer. Details on her character are being kept under wraps, aside from the fact that her character is named Asha. Mm. She joins a cast that currently includes Jennifer Connelly, David Diggs, Sean Bean, Rowan Blanchard, Allison Wright, Mickey Summer, and a bunch more. And uh, Stephen Ogg, who's fantastic and and just like, uh, I mean, amazing. Um, This is one I see a lot of people talk about, and I just haven't given it a chance yet. I I don't know why, but I mean, it's a great cast. Yeah, and remember, guys, the film with Chris Evans, that's what it's based on, and it was like, it's freaking badass. It's badass. And I'm trying to think, what was, Blind Spot, Blind Spot, you know the new show that, that, or not new show, I guess it's old show now, but... um, where uh, Lady Sif from Thor and all, mm. where she uh-huh. has amnesia and whatever, can't remember. She's found in a bag with the FBI and everything. Archie was currently on that. So oh, that okay. that's yeah. So um, that's where I was trying to go with that. But she's a phenomenal actress and uh, just brilliant. And so I'm super pumped. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and TBS has just announced that its newly reimagined version of Wipeout. It's going to premiere April 1st, and of course, host John Cena and Nicole Byer. With Camille Kostik as the field host. So you can't see me now. She's no Jill Wagner. No. That's all yeah. I'm saying. I mean, when they fall, they can't see me. So I mean, No, yeah. no, no. They can't. They yeah. can't. And, uh, you know, hopefully no more deaths. Yeah. Yeah. I, had, I mean, you, you know, had to bring it up. You know, this next one's very interesting and weren't, was not expecting it no. at all because literally this show just went off the air like a year or two ago. Viacom CBS is saying that Criminal Minds Revival is in early development for Paramount+. Plus. Mm. No other information about it and, like, everything is very, very, very early, but... But why? A revival. Why? So we're guessing original cast members. Dang. But, like, it's only been off a year. Literally. Like, wh- wh- I don't understand. And are they bringing back uh, Gibson? You, you know, are they? Are, have they made amends with him? Because they left him out of the series finale. Yeah. And, like, you remember that? That shit went down ugly and bad. And there was there was kind of bad blood there. So I don't know. Um and I don't know how little Cam is going to feel about yeah, this. Yeah, she's a huge fan huge of Huge fan Minds. of the show. So will she like the fact that they're reviving it and she can watch more of it? Or will she agree with us that it's too soon? Yeah. I haven't told her yet, so we'll oh. see. We'll see. Go find out. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, of course we had to talk about this because oh, she's cool. the only O that matters. Yes. CBS has announced that Oprah Winfrey will sit down with the Once Royals. Um, and it's going to be titled Oprah. 
with Megan and Harry. Yes. And it's going to be a primetime special, and it's going to air on March 7th, so mark your calendars. And she is going to be speaking with Markle, the Duchess of Yussex, and uh, stepping into the royal role and about the marriage, the motherhood, the new baby on the way, and just a whole bunch of other things, and probably now officially stepping away from the family. Right. And then Harry will join them. Yeah, so right. it's basically like an interview with Meghan Markle, and then Harry's going to come yeah. in and talk about all of the rest of it. So, yeah, it's going to be huge in the ratings. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it because people love the royal family. They, they love Harry and Meghan Markle, and everybody loves Oprah. It's true. So this is a guaranteed winner for CBS. Well done. Um, yeah, just woo. I'm glad they didn't get Gail to do it. Fucking, I, I mean, know, thank I God they got Oprah. No, yeah, Harry and them were probably like, if we're doing this for CBS, it's got to be Oprah. It's got to be Oprah. It's, or we're not doing it. Yeah. Like, I, Makes I, sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, CBS has announced that The Neighborhood has been renewed for its fourth season, and Bob Hart's Abushola uh, has been renewed for season three at CBS. Both shows are currently on the air as part of the broadcaster's Monday night comedy block. Yep. So, I mean, you know, keep moving forward with something they feel like is being successful. And now to the least big surprise in Hollywood, because yeah. everybody saw this coming after Anna Ferris left. Mom is not moving forward. It is going to end its run on CBS this year at the conclusion of the current eighth season. The season finale currently scheduled for May is now going to be the series finale. I mean, is this a shocker? I don't know how anybody thought it was going to move yeah. forward without – you can't be mom without the the, the child. Yeah. I, I just – so, yeah, I, I, not a shocker. Yeah, I'm sure they started thinking about a plan how to wrap this thing up once she left. So oh, yeah. I, it's good. It's good. Um, so, yeah, it kind of – it's very unfortunate. I haven't watched it since Anna Ferris left because, I mean, I love their interaction. But, yeah, kind of sucks. But it's also And I'm necessary. sure Allison is ready to move on. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's like one of the most wanted and sought after actresses oh, yeah. in Hollywood. So Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, she'll be all right. And uh, also, NCIS New Orleans is coming to an end after season seven. I'm bummed about that. I know. It kind of sucks. Uh, the season finale scheduled for May 16th will now serve as the series finale. Yep. At the time of its conclusion, the show will have aired 155 episodes. So, I mean, they had a nice run. They did. And now we've also got some news that kind of makes sense as to why NCIS NOLA is, is ending. Yeah. Because their showrunner is apparently jumping ship to a new NCIS. Yeah. Set in Hawaii. That's right. Uh, they're apparently working on a new NCIS spinoff set in Hawaii that's currently in development. Um, few plot details are available, except it's going to follow Navy investigators, the criminal yeah. investigators, and it's in Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we could have figured that out, I think. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but anyway, Chris Sibler, John Nash, and Matt Bozak are attached as writers and executive producers. And, of course, Sibler, uh, as you guys know, he's the current showrunner on NCIS. New Orleans. Yeah. So it was probably like, do I want to keep hanging out in New Orleans, which right. is a fucking COVID hotbed right now? Yeah. Or do I want to go, go to Hawaii? Hawaii? Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, go to Big Island, man. Seemed like a wise choice. I mean, just saying. Just yes, saying. that was an awful Hawaiian accent. I mean, it kind of turned Jamaican. But anyway, <laughs> CBS is nearing a series order for its event series revival for the Crime Lab procedural CSI. According to sources, Paula Newsom, Matt Lara, and Mel Rodriguez have joined the cast. Yeah, and CBS would not confirm that. 
Yeah, but they it, would not. I mean, I, I feel like it's probably true. Probably. Yeah. And, probably. and th- at least this one's been a while. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're going to revive one on, like, Criminal Minds, which just happened yesterday. But, but this one has been a while since it's been off the air. So, okay. We'll exactly. see. Exactly. Oh, this is your show. This is yeah, your thing Oh, right my now. God. Brian Cranston, such a fucking phenomenal Yeah, actor. he's so I, good. I mean, just, your honor, you guys have heard me talk about it on the show. I fucking love this show. It's badass. Cranston is a, uh, just unbelievable. Anyway, so this does not thrill me. I mean, uh, surprise me at all. Uh, it absolutely thrills me. There you go. <laughs> uh, Your Honor is now Showtime. It concluded, you know, season finale. And I'm hoping, I think it's just this one season. So it's an event series. Yeah. So I, I don't know. But it is now record-breaking highs for Viacom CBS. The 10-episode miniseries is on track to be the biggest debut season in Showtime's history. Well, damn. Yeah, and it has attracted both a traditional and linear audience and a streaming audience that is also on pace to be the most watched Showtime series in the streaming platform, even besting Shameless. Mm. So there you go. Uh, the show season finale saw 742,000 viewers in its Sunday night telecast, and the 10th episode had 825,000 uh, eyes on it during the streaming. So this thing is huge for Showtime, yeah, and rightfully so. If you guys have not watched it, oh my gosh, man. First of all, why? No, why it's not? Brian Cranston, <laughs> okay? But, I mean, it's a whole judge and the mob and like just some crazy, crazy shit and New Orleans corruption. Of course. I, it was bound to be a hit. Yeah. <laughs> I need to start watching that one. Yeah, you you really do. You'd love it. Oh, You'd man. fucking love it. Uh, Showtime has landed a deal for development of a single camera comedy project created by writer and stand-up comedians Masha Koshner and Jermaine Fowler. There you go. The untitled comedy is set in 1997 in South Central Los Angeles in the heart of the West Coast gangster rap, and it follows a group of teenage social outcasts attempting to solve the mystery of the... Uh, of the murder of their hero, Biggie Smiles. This does not sound like a comedy. It does not sound like a comedy. <laughs> like, how, are, how is that a comedy? It sounds like a really interesting premise. Yeah. A bunch of teenagers trying to like solve the sounds mystery. Sounds like a good Biggie drama. Smiles. Yeah. <laughs> but like a fucking comedy? I I, okay. I, that's going to be interesting. It's okay. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, this next one, why? Just why? I was never a fan. No, nope, whatever. I uh, Viacom CBS is reviving the real world. Why? For the streaming service, <laughs> Paramount Plus, which is supposed to be rebranded early March, the reality TV franchise will be a part of the March 4th launch of the new stream mm. or the rebranded streaming service, I should say. And uh, the initial installment of the rebooted franchise will see the cast of the first season reunite uh, a real world homecoming New York. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm like you. I wasn't a fan of yeah. it. I just, it was never my thing. I just never understood it or caught on to it yeah. so um eh, yeah I, I mean it spawned multiple different things like fucking what well, big brother jersey shore like, oh yeah all those oh, yeah. like in-house shows. yeah but i just i, I no. don't know aaron eckhart guys you know him you love him he's two-faced from from the fucking batman trilogy yes. and like you know the the co-pilot in in uh Sully and like uh, just a phenomenal fucking actor, and so it only made sense that he's landing on this show because it just keeps getting better and better yeah. and better. He has signed on to play President Gerald Ford in the upcoming Showtime anthology series 
First Lady. We've been talking about this one forever. He's obviously joining previously announced uh, Viola Davis as Mich- uh, uh, Michelle Obama. Michelle Pfeiffer, who's going to play Betty Ford. Yes. So, um, oh man, Michelle Pfeiffer and Aaron Eckhart. Those two are going to oh my perform gosh. brilliantly together. Yes. I mean, mm, I know. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how Eckhart plays him. Will he play yeah. him over the top, klutzy? Will he, you know, because obviously. That was, he, yeah. He was. Although, and yet, one of like the greatest centers in football yeah. of Michigan, University yeah. of Michigan football history. So athletic, but Who a knew? Who yeah, knew? I mean, just Oh, man. This next one, I'm a little confused about why they're even making a documentary. I know documentaries are huge, and a lot of different streaming services are trying to jump on that bandwagon. But listen to this. Showtime has announced that it will air The, the Show, a 90-minute feature documentary that will provide a into look of the making of the 2021 Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show starring The Weeknd. Why? Why? I, I'm going to just be honest and Why? S- send the hate. Send the hate. I'll respond. It's fine. I didn't like the fucking halftime show. It wasn't that show. great. It no. wasn't. It just it was wasn't. nothing special. No. It, it just, it, it's, in my opinion, you are never going to top Prince. No. That will be the greatest halftime show ever, period. Just like Whitney Houston's will be the greatest Super Bowl national anthem ever. It's it just – you're not going to get there. And the weekend didn't even come close. No. It wasn't I, even like – And I mean I they even said that they were trying to keep it more reserved because of corona right now. So like why – I don't know. It's very interesting to pick this specific halftime show to make a whole documentary about. But whatever. Whatever. You, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Paramount has announced that The Lost City of D, starring Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock, will receive a wide release date for April 15th of 2022. Right now. We'll see. Um, Described as a romancing the stone style film, The Lost City of D follows a reclusive romance novelist, who is Sandra, who it was sure nothing uh, worse could happen than getting stuck on a book tour with her cover model. Tatum, um, until a kidnapping attempt sweeps them both into a cutthroat jungle adventure, proving life can be much stranger and more romantic than a paperback book of fictions. <laughs> so Channing Tatum is going to be playing like a Fabio character? That's what it sounds That's like. That's what yeah. it sounds like to me. And then he's going to have to prove, hey, I'm not Fabio. I'm like a real life guy. Yeah. Kind of. That's going to be. Have you ever seen Romancing the Stone? Do you know what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah, I was I was like, come on now, it's a romancing the stone type thing. But okay, yeah, we're I, good. I, we're there. We're on the same page. <laughs> uh this one makes sense to me. This one makes sense to me. Paramount announced that due to a shifting in the release calendar of some of its movies, Top Gun, Top Gun, Top Gun. Um, the plan to shoot the eighth edition of Mission Impossible back to back with seven. Uh that's not happening anymore. Yeah, why? Because they moved up the release date for Top Gun Maverick. The sequel to Top Gun, which everybody's like jonesing for. It's going to be awesome. It's yeah. going to be fucking epic. Um, well, they need the guy. They need Maverick out there doing press for that shit. And if he's filming, he can't do that. So that's the reason why Tom Cruise is now going to be needed to do promotional duties on the new movie Top Gun Maverick ahead of the film's planned release on July 2nd. Um, so he'll be out of action and not be able to do anything except promote you know, Top Gun. But, but... Mission Impossible 8 will roll right into production the second that the promotional tour for Top Gun Maverick is over. So it's not it going makes anywhere. Sense. I mean, yeah. And I mean, plus, think about it. Everybody is much more excited about Top Gun Maverick coming out because obviously a huge fucking movie in the 80s and now a sequel. But, I mean, there's already 
like seven or eight Mission Impossible. Yeah. So they're like, eh, let's weigh the options. So it makes sense. It makes it does. sense. He's a very busy guy. It does. Uh, Will Ebank, Ebank, and Christopher Landon are teaming up to direct a new Paranormal Activity. Why? Why? I know. Uh, for the Paramount Player, set to release March fourth of twenty twenty two. And it's described as a new, unexpected retooling of the highly lucrative franchise. But uh, I just hate this style of filmmaking. I, I, I know. I, I mean, just, I thought I really do. And we literally just talked about it on last week's show about how J.J. Abrams was ditching that type of a format yeah. for a movie, right? Because it's it's run its course. But apparently, <laughs> Paramount doesn't think so. Yeah. So they're gonna do it. Uh, I just. I know. I know. We don't need another paranormal activity. No. There are so many other movies to do. Agreed. Agreed. Bridgerton star Reggae John, Reggae Jean, there we go, has been cast in a leading role in Paramount's upcoming film adaptation of The Dungeons and Dragons. So that yes. one's super epic. He already is starring alongside Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, and Justice Smith. So That's a huge fucking cast right yeah. there, man. I'm interested to see if it's going to be like people playing the game and then you go inside the game and kind of like i don't know fucking world of warcraft shit or if it's gonna be inside the game the whole time and not like out about i don't know i hope it's not like a game at all i just hope it's like just dungeons and dragons as if it was like lord of the rings type thing yeah like it was some sort of a real reality um like the cartoon was that was awesome i I, you know that'll be epic exactly um mm, jump into nbc universal everybody's favorite peacock uh Uh, Kiki Palmer. We do love Kiki Palmer, though. We're huge fans of Kiki Palmer. She's apparently joining the cast of Jordan Peele's latest secret project at Universal Pictures. She's going to headline the new project, which is set to be released in July of 20... Boy, there's a lot coming out in July of 2022. There is. Get Out star, uh, yes, indeed, Daniel Kaluuya, is also in talks for a lead role in the film. They have a pretty tight relationship. They so do. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, because, I mean, Get Out was huge. Yeah. So it only makes sense. Exactly, exactly. We told you a couple weeks ago that the Golden Globes would be broadcast live from both coasts. And with Tina Fey and New York's Rainbow Room and Amy Poehler at the Beverly Hilton. Yep. And now... We know that the plans for the presenters and the nominees. Apparently, uh, Globe producers are asking presenters to appear in person in, at the Rainbow Room or the Beverly Hilton. Producers are assured and invited presenters that strict pro- uh, COVID protocols will be followed. Nominees will appear remotely, and the Golden Globes will air live February 28th. So that it's a very interesting concept. It's a very interesting concept, but you know we got to do what we got to do. So they want the presenters they're live but not the winners not the not the nominees or slash winners that's interesting yeah this one just keeps adding more people and we still don't know about what any of them are except for christopher maloney who like we know stabler obviously we know he's stabler uh danielle monet truitt has been cast as a series regular opposite christopher maloney and dylan mcdermott and tamara taylor in Law and Order, mm. Organized Crime. Yeah, this cast uh, is great. Yeah, the new dramas, by the way, it's now filming uh, after a brief pause. It did get shut down again because of COVID, but they're back. They're doing it. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, and as you guys know, it's going to debut in a back-to-back with Law and Order SVU crossover kind of event to launch the new series, and that's going to be awesome. That That is going to be at 10 p.m. Uh, April 1st. And so, but no details on who she's playing. Yeah. Like, we literally don't even know who Dylan McDermott or any – other than Stabler, we have no idea who yeah. these people are playing. So, so it's going to be interesting, man. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> 
Heading over to Lionsgate, Stars is looking to emphasize its commitment to storytelling about and by underrepresentation groups. Yes. And with the new inclusion initiative, it is calling Take the Lead. Uh, the effort will include a monthly series that talks with agencies, guilds, and organizations such as ACLU of Southern California and California Film Commission yeah. and uh, that conclude with a summit. And apparently the initiative ties into the network's programming mandate to amplify underrepresented voices. The talks will take place on a month-to-month basis and will be open to the public. So that's awesome. Yeah, hell yeah. And Stars, I feel like, has always done a good job with power. And like a lot of the shows that they have heavily involved underrepresented voices and, yeah. and, and minorities and, and people of color in their in their programming. So I, it, this makes total sense to me that they're doing this. And, and good for them. Agreed. Uh, and we need more of that. I know. I, I love this I one. I know. I love this one. Freaking Shotgun Wedding. We've been talking about it for the past month, it seems like, because there's just a lot going down with it. But now, four-time Grammy Award winner himself, Lenny Kravitz, yes! is set to star co-opposite of Jennifer Lopez and Josh Duhamel. And, like, this is freaking amazing. Like, Cheech Marin is in it. Emmy nominee Dakara Carden is in it. I mean, there's so many epic people. Kravitz will play Sean, a globe-trotting ex of Grace. Marin will play Robert, Grace's father. Yeah, okay. Just that whole dynamic screams hilarity, like, right out from the get-go. Lenny Kravitz as Jennifer Lopez's ex and Cheech Marin as her dad yeah. probably bashing Lenny Kravitz. It'd be so it's funny. Be like, and yeah. how Josh Duhamel is going to fit in, I have no idea, but that shit is going to be funny. I- I'm just saying. Agreed, man. Oh, my Agreed. gosh. Agreed. Oh, my goodness. Wine? Wine. Wine. Wine and crime. I love this. How You can't go wrong with this. That's all I'm saying. Lionsgate's landed the comedy script Wine and Crime from writers Cassie Daniels, Mark Bostick, and Beth Bears. Marking, oh, Beth Bears from uh, two Broke Girls. Yeah. All right. All right. Making the first writing project for the Two Broke Girls star. That's awesome. In the movie, a group of baby boomer female friends and true crime enthusiasts bond over their shared love of wine and serial killers when suddenly they find themselves thrust into a middle of their own true crime investigation. Sounds very interesting. I want to be involved in a group that drinks wine and talks about serial killers. <laughs> I don't want to be thrust into oh my like God. my own true crime investigation. Yes, but I feel like kick back with a glass of wine, talking about some Ted Bundy shit. Like that'd be interesting. It would be interesting. I don't know what that says about me, no. but hey, I'm gonna be watching this movie. That's all I'm saying. There you go. There you go. And now going to the streaming juggernaut itself, Netflix. It's doing some really cool things. Uh, 51 years after the announcement of the verdict of the trial of the Chicago Seven, the whole world will have the opportunity to watch Aaron Sorkin's film about the trial right now. Netflix made the film available today globally for free on the streamer's YouTube channel, and it's going to be available now and for the next 48 hours. So be sure to watch it. Holy shit, do it. It's a fucking phenomenal film from start to finish. Just everybody in the cast is unbelievable sorkin nails it directing the writing is phenomenal it's definitely it makes sense it's getting all these nominations and all these award like nominations yeah. and it's free right now so yeah. do it 
Do it. Take advantage. Uh, true story. You know, that's the one about Kevin Hart and his older brother, who's being played by Wesley Snipes, <laughs> uh, um, has just announced eight additional cast members. What? Twani Newsom from Space Force. And Will, Lower Decks. And Lower Decks. Boom. Will Catlett from Black Lightning. Paul Edelston from The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Ash Santos from Night Teeth. Uh, Lauren London from Single Ladies. John Ailes from Euphoria. And Chris... Damn. Um, Chris. Diamantopoulos. There it is from Silicon Valley and Billy Thane from Titanic. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. They're putting together a nice cast. And this is going to be a drama, guys, yeah. which is like new for, for Kevin Hart. So that's going to be really interesting. I, I agree. I, I'm, that's, man, that's a good cast. I agree. Well, Netflix is keeping it all in the family. Yes. Because sex education star Simone Ashley has been cast in the second season of the Shondaland hit Bridgerton. Mm. And she's going to star opposite of Jonathan Bailey's Anthony Bridgerton as his romantic interest. Ooh. Yeah. Kate Sharma, Bridgerton's second season, will focus on Anthony, the oldest of the Bridgerton clan, and the begrudging pursuit of marriage. I like this. I like that it's going to go along with the book series, and each season is going to focus on a different member of the family. Yeah. So it's going to be you know new cast members and new. I, I think that's a brilliant idea. That's how you keep it fresh. That's how you keep it moving. That's how you you know that's that's a fantastic idea. So have you been wondering where Tim Burton has been? I have been wondering where Tim Burton is, and now we know now he's we at know. Netflix. Yeah. Which is interesting because he was like Disney's golden boy. Started off as an animator at Disney, yeah. and like you know, and so. But he's at Netflix, and why is he at Netflix? Are that the Adams family? You yes. guys know the Adams family. Well, if you were wondering what happened to Tim Burton, have you been asking yourself, "Where's Wednesday?" Right. Well, I wonder what? what happened to Wednesday from the Adams family. Well, Tim Burton's going to tell us apparently yes. because Netflix has given an eight-episode order to Tim Burton's Wednesday live-action series. The show marks one of the few television projects of Burton's career. It's obviously based on Wednesday from the Adams family, and it's going to be about a young uh, version described as sleuthing supernaturally infused mystery, charting Wednesday Adams' years as a student at Nevermore Academy. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. But I mean, Adam's family, that just screams Tim Burton. Like, oh, yeah. If you're going to do it, do it right. I mean, Tim Burton is like, he's phenomenal. Agreed. If you're talking about weird, creepy, dark shit, Tim Burton is your guy. Um, the question is, who is going to be the lucky lady that gets cast as the new Wednesday? Mm, that's because, a good point. I mean, it's going to be hard to top Christina Ricci's live action version, yeah. but we'll see. I mean, yeah. that's going to be good. We shall see. The Obamas. There, their production company, Higher Ground, has acquired Michael Keaton's film, Worth, in a partnership with their distributor, who is Netflix. Mm. The film is adapted uh, from the Kenneth Feinberg memoir, What is Life Worth? And it follows the lawyer's process in awarding uh, the 9-11 victim compensation for a fund. So, oh. Uh, yeah, so that's intense. Oh, and it's going to be released on September 11th, the 20th anniversary. Damn, uh, Netflix. So, hit it home. Yeah. Okay, Jennifer Garner, you know, we talked about a couple weeks ago, is already starring in a new Netflix movie, right? We talked about that. So what is she going to follow up that with? Another Netflix movie, apparently. She's going to be the new golden child there. Jennifer Garner has signed on to star in her next project with Netflix. Garner's going to lead Body Switch mm. comedy called Family Leave. 
The movie will follow the Brenners, who, according to the synopsis, this is really interesting, wake up to a full family body switch. They quickly realize the same thing has happened to a family on the other side of the world, so they must unite with the group of strangers and determine how to undo their body switch, all while hilariously navigating daily life in a different body before it's too late. <laughs> that sounds hilarious. So if you're, yeah, if you're gonna do the, how do you enhance the typical body switch thing? Make it with a family on the other side of the world. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be like crazy. Exactly. Uh, okay. It's right. so funny. Well, Netflix is continuing to build that children's content. Yes. My Little Pony, the animated movie, is going to Netflix. Apparently, it was a Paramount Pictures film, but you know. They just gave it to him. Paramount does that with Netflix a lot for they some reason. They do. I mean, so, like, I, I don't even know what's up with that. No, it's it's supposed to be on Netflix later this year, so stay tuned for that. Um, also, production begins this month on Surviving Summer, and this is a teen surfing drama for Netflix. Sky Cats star as the title character summer a fierce brooklyn teen who is sent down under to live with family friends in a coastal town on the great ocean road and she stars alongside brazilian rising star Hugh gabriel moreno and australia's kai lewins and savannah lorraine it also stars liana bori and five-time queensland junior state surf champion making her first hooray into acting Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Agreed. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. All right. A, a Brooklyn girl down under. Yeah. Wow, that's going to be entertaining. Right. Okay, this next one makes total sense after we talked about what do you, you know, the new Mr. and Mrs. Smith, right, with Phoebe Waller. Uh, at, so this makes sense. And here it comes. It, okay. Donald Glover, we're switching to Amazon now, has apparently signed a huge eight figure overall deal with Amazon Studios, uh, marking his exit, his long term deal with uh, FX. He's yeah. leaving Disney's FX, going to Amazon. Part of the agreement, Donald Glover's work will be highlighted with a curated content portal mm. on Prime Video. Interesting. Uh, yeah. The deal comes, like we said, less than a week after uh, Glover and Fleabag creator Phoebe Waller-Bridge announced their Mr. and Mrs. Smith reboot. Now, this is interesting, too. Apparently, he's working on a series for Amazon also that's a, like a, about a Beyonce-type figure you know or or performer um so that's going to be sounds interesting right donald glover working on like a beyonce type show type thing that that but here's what's even more interesting because it's not at netflix where where michelle and barry are yes apparently malia obama is joining the writer's room of glover's team on that Beyonce-like show. That's pretty badass. Yeah. I mean, you knew when she was doing all those internships in Hollywood, this was the direction she oh, was yeah. going to go. So, all right. Super epic, super epic, which, I mean, kind of puts the nail in the coffin for Atlanta. I feel like after oh, season yeah. three and four come out, that that's it. Definitely. Makes sense. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg getting back in front of the scenes uh, and with Jasmine Guy. They've both been cast as recurring roles in Amazon's upcoming series, Harlem. And this one's a single-camera comedy that follows the life of four women from their college days at NYU and beyond that they navigate relationships sex and career ambitions so Goldberg will portray Dr. Elise Perut, a brilliant intense department head at Columbia University and Guy will play Patricia a wealthy mother who wants her daughter to let go of her dream to become a designer and just settle down hmm. so I mean a recently uh, also previously announced Megan Good Grace Byers and uh, Jerry Johnson, Tyler Lippy. It's like there's a lot of people 
attached to this thing. Yeah, and I'm thrilled to see Jasmine Guy back. I, I just, if you were a fan of Different World way back in the day with Lisa Bonet and everything, oh, Whitley, Whitley, with, uh, I just, I love Jasmine Guy. She's phenomenal. She's a fantastic actress and good for her to make a comeback. And I hope this is huge for her. Agreed, man. Agreed. Well, Lily Rabbit has been cast as the female lead in The Tender Bar, mm. uh, the drama that George Clooney is directing for Amazon Studios. Ben Affleck and Tay Sheridan are also set to star in the film adaptation of the memoir. Uh, so it's going to be very, very interesting, especially with a stellar cast. Now, this is like the that. one about the kid trying to find a father figure, right? Yes. Like at the bar and I all that kind so. of stuff. Yeah, so that's going to be good. Yeah, man. Ooh, okay. Apple. 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 Apple's officially announced its multi... We all knew this was coming because they've been talking about it forever, but they've officially announced their multi-year content partnership with David Ellison's Skydance Animation. Yes. Um, The agreement, which includes the previously announced films that we've talked about on the show, Luck and Spellbound, will also include what Apple billed as the first ever theatrical quality animated television series for Apple TV. Um, and as you guys know, Skydance Animation is a division of Ellison's Skydance Media, which is run by John Lasseter. Mm. Does that name sound familiar? Mm. Pixar, John Lasseter. Mm. Some shit. Yeah, remember Some that? Shit. But he is an animation brilliant genius kind of a guy. So if you're yeah. going to do animation, that's the guy. So it reunites Lasseter with Cupertano, giant decades after he founded Pixar with Steve Jobs. That's interesting. It's still just crazy that this guy has a job because there was multiple allegations. But, you know, yep. you know, I mean, Apple's doing their thing and trying to be there, trying to be there with the animation game, especially the educational animation game like we've seen with uh, the Snoopy stuff and with the Peanut stuff and a whole yep. bunch of good stuff. So. And that movie, Luck, yeah. that, that we just talked about with part of that deal, it landed a pretty big name. I'm just, just a little, just, yeah, just a little somebody. Just, just a little somebody Hollywood royalty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, two-time Oscar winner Miss Jane Fonda yeah. is going to play the dragon in the film Luck. And if you guys haven't heard about it, Luck fouls the unluckiest girl in the world who, after stumbling upon the never-before-seen world of good and bad luck, must join together with a magical creatures to uncover a force more powerful than even luck itself. <laughs> Jane Fonda as a dragon as a is going to be awesome. She's already a dragon, man. Like she's fucking in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. In a good way. <laughs> but yeah, it's a very interesting <laughs> choice. It's a very interesting choice. Uh, Jesse Plemons has set to join the Apple Studios. Killers of the Flower Moon. Now, this is the Martin Scorsese, Leo DiCaprio, and the one and only Bobby De Niro. Yes, so, Bobby. I mean, this. I just. I'm so intrigued to see what this one's gonna. I be mean, like. it's gonna be epic. You can't have that cast and that director and like all those people and then not have it be epic. Literally, his golden boys. Yes, without doubt, without doubt. And this next one, are to end up with the industry news here, we predicted it. We call it. As always, as we always, always make these forecasts, and they all seem to like happen the way we plan them out. When Roku acquired Quibi's original series, we kind of made the prediction that they were going to enter the game of original content, right? Well, they're going apparently past Quibi's original shows, and Roku is going to start gearing up to develop their own original TV shows yes. and movies. And here's the kicker. 
They're going to be free. Yeah. They're going to do original content on their free Roku channel app. That's going to be brilliant. I love it. So, man, look out, guys. Look out. Roku's trying to get in the game, and they're going to do it for free. I told you. They're going to be like Apple, trying to be that one platform yep. that has all of the different shit. But, oh, man, it's so good. I love what Roku's doing, and I have Roku stock, and it's looking pretty good. Yes, it is. I'm yes, just it saying. Is. Oh, man. But now it is time for the guest segment. Everybody's been waiting on it. The one and only Carol Barbie coming back on the show to talk about Dash and Lily. She did a little project yep. in between Raising Dion Season 1 and Season 2, and, of course, she'll be talking about she's in production right now for raising dion season two will michael b be back will jason ritter be back i mean so many things up in the air and she actually answers some of our questions yeah and like covid how is that affecting it like they're shooting in atlanta like what what's going on with covid um so we'll get the details on that you're gonna love this interview agreed man agreed well here she is. Carol Barbie, welcome back inside the Crazy Ant Farm. How are you? I am great. It's so good to be back in the Ant Farm. How yes. are you guys? Oh, we're great. <laughs> Even better now that you're here. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You. So much catching up to do. You have been a very busy lady during the whole quarantine and since the last time we've talked to you. Yes, I, I have. I I, uh, I was mainly working on Raising Dion, and then I uh, went on to and wrote for a show called Dash and Lily for Netflix and we uh I, which was just so much fun it was a christmas romantic comedy set in new york city it was yes. so lovely yeah and then came back to raising dion and now we're finally filming you know it's like it takes a long time to do these these seasons you know for a netflix show mm-hmm. and uh so I, i've really been doing this for a long time now it's good yeah, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> and it seems like the relationship with Netflix is going really well. Yeah, I like those guys. I I, I, I really do. They've been, um, you know, my first interaction with them was the first season of Raising Dion and, and just had a great experience with them developing the project and, and then, you know, just the whole thing. I've loved, I've loved the experience. And so when Raising Dion, when I was in post on first season of Raising Dion, um, I started getting phone calls from Netflix shows and them saying, hey, you know, Netflix says that you're almost done with posts, so you might be free. And so they were sort of like pimping me out, and I was like, excellent. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, really cool, um, I got a, you know, It was good. I got a bunch of calls from a d- bunch of really cool shows, and I, but I just loved Dash and Lily, and I loved Joe Trace, who was the guy who was the showrunner who, you know, created that show, and um I love romantic comedies in New York City. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's do this. So um, it was just a great show. I just kind of worked on that while I was doing post for Raising Dion season uh, one. And then we got picked up for season two and went straight on to season two. Yes. Oh, that's so good to hear because, I mean, we talk about it all the time on the industry news segment. Netflix does like to I, – I like to call their series limited series because, <laughs> I mean, you know, they like to cancel things after the first season. But I'm so super <laughs> – we're happy that Raising Dion got the season two and you're able yes. to jump on to other projects as well. It seems like a just nice, big, creative family. It really is. I mean, they uh, they told me when we were shooting 
season one uh, because there was a time where I was like, I was worried. I was trying to get them to pick up season two quickly so mm-hmm. that I could keep, so that I could keep the writer's room together. Because when you have, uh, when you have writers that you love and you have a great vibe, it's, it's like, you just don't want to lose everybody. But Netflix is, their schedule doesn't really work that way. And so there are, there's a year in between things sometimes. And right. even if you get an early pickup, you're still, it's, it's months out. So it's hard to keep everybody together. But I will tell you that most of the writer's room, I was able to keep together and and bring everybody back. And then we added a couple of awesome people that I'm just so happy to know now. So, you know, it it, it worked out. But when I was talking to them during season one, when we were filming, I was trying to get them to pick us up early so I could keep the writers together. (laughs) And they said, here's the thing. We're (laughs) going to keep them together in a different way. We're going to try to keep everybody employed at Netflix so that they'll be available when we need them for raising the end. So anyway, they were, they were cool that way. And that's certainly what they've done with me. They just kept me working. So, mm-hmm. so beyond just trying to keep them together for, for the, the core writer's room for the show, how difficult is that as a writer and a showrunner when you're not sure if you're going to get picked up for a second season? Like, how do you write towards that finale, like not knowing whether it's going to be the series finale or the season finale? Right. I mean, how difficult is that? Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I think the cool thing, when I pitched my version of the show a million years ago to get this gig, I, I pitched it as a version of Harry Potter where every season Dion has to do battle with the big bad mm. and and so I I had sort of scoped out in my head this idea of how that escalates and that as Dion gets older his powers get more advanced and also we we're saying that Dion is um, he's unlimited like he he mm. is a he's a version of a I always call him a stem cell like he could be anything oh, and wow. so <laughs> yeah and so the idea that he um, you know he's unli- he's only limited by his imagination and by the people who are raising him you know mm. and so um, so we want so with him we can keep adding and adding and adding so what I try to do is have every season have a thema- have a thing Mm-hmm. Have there's there's one theme that we're dealing with in that season. There's plenty of other themes that are in there as well, but really there's like the overarching uh, idea of raising Dion is how do you raise a superhero, right? right. Like it's a, it's mom is superhero even though she doesn't have powers, and so each season it's like how do you raise a superhero? What is the challenge of that age? For this mom. And so um, in season two, our theme is about peer pressure because Mm -hmm. Dion's Dion's 10 years old Mm -hmm. in season two and his friends are starting to be a lot more influential on him. Mm. And and what happens when you're a mom and your kid makes a friend who's not so good for him, who's not so nice. And so as a mom, how do you deal with that? So um, I try to have a theme to the season. It's like a chapter of a book. What is this chapter about? And then hopefully there's always another chapter until you get to tell the whole story. Oh, that's so awesome. I love hearing about your process, especially like yeah, we told you uh, once before. And I mean, you've been following us on social media. We've started writing as well. So hearing yes! hearing about other people's process really helps us like take it in and see which way is best for us. But you brought up the big bad. 
we had the yes. one and only himself, Jason Ritter, on the show. <laughs> the yes, yes, he's so good, so good. He he kind of he kind of let, let a little something yeah, drop. Yeah, I mean, so you, so you yeah. kind of like it, like like hinted at I, now so many questions. If if Dion is a stem cell and can basically yeah. do whatever he wants and be whatever he wants, wouldn't Jason also be a stem cell and could kind of do whatever yeah. he wants? Like you know, what is the fate of that big bad guy? And uh, so we have so many questions. We, we, we know we're not going to get any straight answers, but we're going to try anyway. <laughs> is Michael B. Jordan going to come back? Like, because he was Ooh. able to manifest himself and say, hey, guys, I'm here, sort of. <laughs> um, you know, so many questions. So tell us what you so can, Carol. <laughs> well, let's see. Let me, uh, let me start with something that I think probably Jason has already told you, which is that, and I'm sure will be absolutely no secret once they start doing promos. Because uh, like, I'm always like, like last time around, I said, whatever you do, don't show the crooked man That's in right. the promo. <laughs> That's and right. the crooked man is the poster. Yes, so it's nice. like, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, and you know what? They know how to do this better than I do, so whatever. But uh, I will tell you that Jason Ritter is back for season two. Yes. And um, I have to say that I think it's pretty darn epic. And Jason does too. He started, um, well, he's, he's shot a couple of days, but his first huge day was um, yesterday. And um, we, I mean, it, it was just epic. And his, we were doing the teaser. It was the teaser of the second episode. He's in the first episode, but but he, we were shooting the teaser of the second episode where he's, he's telling his story. Oh. He's telling you. Yeah, he's telling you what happened to him. And um, at the end of the tape, the first tape of that scene, the the set erupted in applause. Oh. I've never heard that. Before. I've never seen that happen before. Oh. Like we, everybody just started clapping and whooping and hollering, and he was just so awesome. And um, so anyway, yeah, he's back. He's and, back. and very humble, I'm sure. Like all yeah. the applause probably embarrassed him. He just seems like he's yes. just this guy who's like, no, that was just me doing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And what an overwhelming feeling I can imagine. And you're like, that's right. I I said Jason Ritter. I want Jason Ritter. (laughs) I I did. I said Jason Ritter from the beginning. But um, I, I'm not. I, I have to tell you, like, because I, it's because it's rare. It's. I mean, most people are pretty nice or whatever. Most people are people. Jason Ritter is not just anybody. He is just the. He's truly the nicest guy. You guys have talked to him. You know, he's like such a. a deep and heartfelt guy. Yes. He's such a sweetheart. And he's also so normal that it's a little discount. You're like, he's just kind of normal. Mm-hmm. But then when he, and so I'm always like, oh, I love Jason. I love Jason. Jason's awesome. But then you see him work mm. and I go, oh my God, that's right. He's Jason Ritter for a reason. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I love that. And everything yeah. you just said about that, because we talk about it all the time. We've we've tried to maintain the relationship with Jason too, and kind of and kind of mm-hmm. like talk to him over the months and everything. And that's all we keep saying. He's he's just so nice, and he's just so real, and he's just like us, and he's just like you know. But yeah. you're right. And then he does he performs, and you're like, oh shit, yeah, that's yeah. Jason. Yeah. Like, like, he's, <laughs> he's so much more. I know. We did a um, we did uh, Netflix does this wonderful thing where. Um, you, well, first of all, they require, and I love that they require all the scripts to be ready ahead of time before Mm. you start to shoot, before they even tell you you're going to shoot. Like they have to approve the scripts and get everything in order, which I love because then we've all agreed to this. This is the story we want to tell where those scripts are in a great place. 
And so then before we start shooting, they like to do read throughs of all the scripts and, and they usually do them over a couple of days. And um, I think our first season we did, you know, we read them all over three days or whatever. And this time around we read two a day for, you know, for four days, we're doing eight episodes and we did them on zoom, of course, because mm. we're all in COVID, you That's know, right. COVID protocol <laughs> right. stuff. And Oh my goodness. Like I told Jason afterwards, I was like, I keep forgetting that you're, you're Jason Ritter because <laughs> you're just so good. Like he's just so good. And I, and, and you couldn't, you couldn't love him more because he's also just such a pleasure to be around. So anyway, that's my, that's my. I'm building a statue to Jason Ritter. In my That's head. all right. <laughs> That's all right. We've got one too. We're hoping like now they make a Funko of him because we both yes. collect Funkos. And we're like, just yep. give us a Funko of Jason Ritter. We want. One. Yep. That's right. <laughs> Well, okay, so I that's... I want that, too, yeah. See? I mean, it, it would already mm-hmm. sell. It would already sell. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so check one. Um, yep. Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Michael B. So what I can tell you is... Um, let me see. What can I tell you? Um, here's what I will tell you. The, the character... His character and the, and the mythology of the, of the rain people allows for all of them to come back it does this season we are focusing on nicole realizing that she might not ever get certain answers Mm. and that she and so what do you do when you have a kid who wants to know when he's ever going to see his father again what do you do with that as a mother because the whole show i've we always kind of come back to how to raise a superhero and what are the challenges that this single mother is going through in order to raise this kid. And so one of those things is, what do I tell him now about his dad? I mean, what do we, what do we know? Well, there's a lot of the unknown and sometimes you don't get answers and you have to keep moving. And so, um, but Again, you don't have answers. You don't know what's going to happen, but you just know that you have to tell your kid, you know, this is our reality for now and we're going to keep moving. So that's a roundabout way of saying that there is there is absolutely a possibility that Michael B. can, can come back. I love the tippy But toe. <laughs> I'm not sure that you should look for him in season six. <laughs> well we done. That, well yeah. done. Thank I, I you. applaud that. I applaud that. That's very good. And I mean, but he's still involved with the show and he's still one of the producers and, and everything. So he, yeah, he's, he's still one of us. He's just, um, I really wanted season two. I wanted to give Nicole a chance to move on a little bit mm-hmm. or to have to grapple with the idea of moving on. Cause I imagine God, thank God I've never gone through this, but I imagine a woman who's been widowed at that, at a young age like that, particularly like there's this feeling of, I can't move on because then I'm betraying this relationship. Right. I have. But on the other hand, you know, I have to move on. So, so that's a little bit, that's, sort of the terrain she's in this year is it okay for me to move on how do i move on am i okay moving on all of that yeah i mean we got a little tiny glimpse of that in the first season with the the dance instructor and of course jason trying to make his move Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yes very much so i'm very excited (laughs) about her character and the the progression that her character storyline is going to go because i feel like that is so relevant right now. Single moms and especially yeah. black single moms trying to raise mm-hmm. a boy in society, trying to make them right, especially if a superhero tried to make That's sure right. yeah, everything right. is okay. So I, I'm just really, really interested in the whole, like, the peer pressure aspect. That's going to oh, be yeah. – because he is very, like – I feel like very – 
persuaded, I should say. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Dion is very easily persuaded. So I'm, mm. well, And another interesting thing is how will, because you, you brought up, like, is Nicole ready to move on? She's questioning herself. Yeah. Is Dion? Because I feel right. like a lot of times, too, with a widowed parent, you, you, you're always worrying about, I don't want the, the child to feel like I'm replacing dad. Mm. I'm replacing exactly. the, you know, the deceased parent. So she might be ready to move on, but then she's cautious because she has to worry about, is Dion ready to move on? Does Dion understand I'm not replacing a parent? I'm, I'm, you know, so that's all going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, just, and okay. So let's talk about Alicia Wainwright. What? Yeah. Talk, talk about <laughs> brilliant performance and, 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 the chemistry be her, between her and Josiah, I'm super excited to hear this storyline and see it play out season two because they were just phenomenal together. Weren't they? I, I agree with you. Like I, I, I also have a huge statue to uh, Alicia Wainwright in my house. Too. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love her and I feel so lucky that we found her because she's not only just a wonderful, great actress and who is so dedicated to the show and everything, but she's such a down to earth person. And, and, uh, you know, I, I've always thought, uh, you know, wanted to have that show where you have this actress who you can really collaborate with and really, and I've had that a couple of times, but, but, um, but with her, I have it. She is very down to earth and she's very real and she's, she's, she's a great creative partner. So I, 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 I absolutely adore her. And she and Jason are really tight, which is awesome too, which is fun. So well, we got to uh, have you swapped recipes because she's a cooker. We so want to have her on the show and do a cooking segment with her. <laughs> you should do that. Oh my God. She would love that. She was telling me that she was going to pitch a cooking show. Um, she's She brings, um, although with COVID, yeah. she can't because yeah. there's all these rules. But first season, she baked all the time, and we would come oh. to the set, and there would always be baked goods on oh. the on the craft services that she made. I mean, she's really good. That's, she's really good. That's great, and I mean, it's just yeah. making me hungry right now. <laughs> thinking exactly. about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and speaking of COVID, you brought it up. Uh, how how yeah. is all that going with production and stuff? I we know there's different phases. You have to like check in and get your temperature yeah. and stuff. How's all that going right now? Is it a change of pace or? Yeah, you know what? Honestly, from I, it's so much better than I thought it was going to be because when I first understood that we were going to start back and there would still, you know, I, I was like, we can't start back until there's a vaccine and everybody right. has, like, that's just not going to happen. And then, but then we did start back. We got them to start us back a little later than they wanted to, because we were trying to, I wanted to push it till after the Christmas holidays. Mm -hmm. Cause at first they wanted us to start before the Christmas holidays. And I was like, the whole, everybody's going to fly out and then we're all going to have to quarantine and we're going to, you know, right. so we, we, we came to let's do it at the beginning of January, but um, it's working really well. Knockwood, I don't want to jinx this, but like they are no the, the COVID protocol thing is no joke. Yeah, Netflix ha Netflix has a um, has a COVID team, and um, with like serious serious scientists. I'm not even kidding you. Like the first time I was on the um, on the first uh, COVID team Zoom or whatever with with Netflix, and there was like all these people on the on the thing, and they were like, okay, our team is going to explain to you the you know blah 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 and you can ask questions and i'm looking on the zoom and i'm thinking to myself isn't that the um what do you call them? the uh god not the attorney general i want to say attorney general the what do you call it? the the doctor oh the like surgeon the, general 
Yeah, I, I was like, isn't that the Surgeon General I'm saying to myself? <laughs> so I like, I like look him up online, and sure enough, it's uh, Vivek Murthy, I think is his name, and, yeah, and it's yeah. like, yeah, and I'm like, that was uh, that was Obama's uh, <laughs> guy, and now he's going to be Biden's guy, and now he's telling me about raising the so they they have like this no joke group of people that oh, were wow. giving us direction, and then we have an embedded team here with us in Atlanta. And so, yes, you drive on the lot and the first thing you have to do is go through a checkpoint and they take your temperature and ask you questions and give you an armband. And then and then I'm in the red zone. You know, we're all in zone. Right. So uh, I'm in so that if somebody has a, an outbreak, they can really trace it and figure out and shut down whatever area needs to be shut down. Right. But I'm in the. I'm in the red zone because I, because the actors can't wear masks when they're working. Mm-hmm. And so anybody in the red zone, we get tested three to five times a week. Some days I've been tested twice a day. I mean, mm. they, they, they are, you know, and we wear masks and goggles and face shields. And, you know, I mean, it is the whole thing. We wear contact tracers. So they're really on it. And weirdly, I feel pretty... I feel pretty safe in terms of how long it takes us to film and everything. There is an added amount of time to that just because the actors, you have to in between takes, they have to get their PPE back on and all of that. And they have these little pods that they have to go hang out in. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know about the pods? Yeah. Oh my my goodness. We were reading through all of the stuff because we're getting ready to shoot a short film. And so we're, we're, we're going through all of this stuff and going through. And yeah, with all the zones and the PPEs and the safety supervisors and how the food has to be handled and like all these different things. And I'm like, wow, this is really (laughs) intense. My highlighter like ran out like three times (laughs) like like, trying to figure it all out. But so it's really interesting to hear somebody talk about it, you know, and how it is. And and like, so yeah, I think because when you, when we start talking about it, about, about with our friends and family, you're talking like zones and pods and you can uh, tunnels and you do this and and they're 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 like, like, what? What? (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's so cool to hear talk about it. Um, Man, yeah. how are the how's the cast dealing with it? Are they are they all on board and feeling good about it as well, like you are? I think so. Now that they're all here, I know that we all had a lot of trepidation mm. about coming back to work yeah, and I flying to Atlanta. At the time, they picked us up and told us what our dates were going to be. Atlanta was sort of like the COVID hotspot. Mm-hmm. It's no longer, you know, but it, at the time it was. So it didn't sound like a great idea to anybody. But um, but everybody wants to be here so much and there were a couple people who um who had like i mean i'll just tell you jasmine simon who plays cat jasmine had a baby and her baby's little right. and her her husband is dule hill and he works all the time and so and she has a daughter who's like a, a volleyball star oh, wow. in la and like literally a star and um and so she was like trying to figure out how to have her whole family come together because it's not like you can just fly in and fly out right. and go do your thing. You can't do that. And so we were trying to figure it out. And and I was like, I understand why anybody would would opt out of this whole thing. I get it. Like if and I I, I was tell I've told other actors too. I was like, I totally get it. And if you decide you don't want to do this, we will see you in season three if we get one. But I I don't. I don't I don't blame anybody for not wanting to take these chances but these are the rules when we're here. We can't fly in and out. We can't, you know, all of that. 
And, you know, of course, Jasmine and her family were wonderful. And she's here with us and she's amazing and her family's amazing. So it's like, but these are serious issues that people have to deal with. It's like, what do I do about my children? What do I do about my husband? What do I do? You know, it's it's tough because we can't just come in and out. But I think that your approach, like you saying, hey, if, if you're not okay with this and it's just not going to happen, we'll see you season three. That yeah. type of an attitude, that type of an approach towards, I think that's why everybody wants to work with you. And I think everybody Aww. was like willing <laughs> to take the chance. Because no, seriously, like how many showrunners or how many people would be like, hey, if you if it's just not going to work, that's okay. We're not getting rid of you. You can come back when you want to come back. I mean, a lot of people would have said, sorry. Uh, I mean, th- this is what we're going to have to do and we're going to recast or do whatever we got to do. So much props to you for being able to handle the situation that, the way you've handled it. Well, thank you. That's you know, I'm a, I'm a mom before I'm anything. And I, and you know, this whole show came about like about, you know, sort of from my heart of being a mom and this idea that like, oh my God, I didn't want anybody, I didn't want anybody to have to put themselves at risk or their families at risk or any of that. But, but luckily now that we're here, I don't feel like we're at risk. I really don't. I feel like we are, you know, you know, anything could happen and I don't want to jinx this, but for the most part, every, it feels like everybody's taking it super seriously and certainly the production is and certainly Netflix is. So I think we're okay. That's good. That's good to have that comfortability because yeah, Yeah. that's one of the things I'm most terrified about because this would be my first time on set during all of this crazy stuff. And I'm just like, Ah, I don't that's, know what to do. That's true. He's never been so on a set before. You, he's never been on a set before. So how are you doing it in terms of like who's in charge of this this whole COVID thing? Is it just that you have to learn the rules and you guys are going to make sure that it happens? Or how's it going to go for well, you? Well, we, no, we're, we still have to hire a safety supervisor and, and, and oh. we're going to have to have medical people come in and, and be there on the thing and control the, the, okay. the zones and, and do all that. We just like to yeah. – we're very like – Okay, before we do anything or bring anybody on or hire anybody or expect to do this kind of thing, we want to know everything that we possibly exactly. can also so that we make sure, you know, we're not Ted and Reed. We can't just call up the Surgeon General. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> so, right. So, so before we bring people in, we got to make sure we know at least what we're looking for and, what and you know, educate ourselves as much as possible. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it, it, yeah it's very interesting. It's a very interesting time. And, I mean, speaking of that, how has your mental health been during all of this? <laughs> Because this has been a mental health is going to be a huge topic on the podcast for the next while. I mean, we wanted yeah. to start the year with that because of everything that's going down. So, how has your mental health been, especially being, I mean, sometimes locked at home, locked away from everybody else, um, but now out and about, back in the fresh air, rest of the rest of the world, <laughs> <laughs> back in the fresh air. You know what? That is a really good question. Thank you for asking that, and thank you for bringing up that topic because I really do think the more we can talk about this, the better. I really do. I mean, on the one hand, I was lucky that when COVID hit, we were eight weeks into our writers' room for mm-hmm. season two, mm-hmm. and so uh, and it was out of a twenty-week writers' room. So we were eight weeks in, and our we had been hearing about COVID, but sort of it was still sort of far away it seemed sort of like a European problem and then but enough that we knew about it and then um our writer's assistant came down with a fever and she and so I got that information right when we were getting to the office one morning and so uh, at first I thought okay you know what we'll 
see how this goes. That was my first thought. Mm-hmm. And then my second, and then my second thought was, uh, no. And so the minute <laughs> I told every, the, the minute I told everybody that, uh, that our assistant had a, a fever, everybody started, got like really scared. Oh yeah. Like, oh my goodness. So go get your stuff and we're all going home right. and, and we will be in. And I was like, go home and log on. Here's the, here's what we're going to do. We're going to zoom. And what was interesting is that, okay, you asked me about mental health. I'm going to tell you another thing, but um, we had a, we had a wonderful writer who we were able to hire this year because um, she was in New York and she's this amazing playwright and amazing writer. Her name's Tanya Barfield. And she's just, she's just so wonderful. But um she couldn't come to LA mm. for personal reasons. There were things going on. She couldn't come to LA and we really, she was a raising Dion fan and she's such a great writer and we really wanted her. And I finally, finally, finally talked Netflix into letting her zoom in, like be on the, you know, to, to be on the wall. This is before COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I had been on one other writer's room where there was a writer who, um, Skyped in or whatever. Uh-huh. And, and it is, and it's weird, but whatever. And I was like, she's amazing. Please, please, please. So we finally talked them into it and we hired her and she's amazing. So she was with us and she was zooming in every day. And then that day came and it was like, we're all going home. And we all became Tanya Barfield. <laughs> right. and, Tanya was, and Tanya was just one of us. And it was, but, but I think because we had already been doing that with Tanya. So, you know, it was, I'm, I feel lucky mentally because I was just working the whole time and I had all, I had a lot to do. Um, so I didn't feel what I, what a lot of my friends and frankly, my, my children, my kids, you know, lost their jobs and had the, they were just trying to get their careers going and it's like everything shut down. And so, and their kid, they, you know, they're, they're young. So they're like, they should be with friends. They should be out. They should be doing things. Right. And so I really felt for them. And I, so I've, I mean, quick answers. I, I've been pretty much fine, but because I've been, I've been busy, but boy, I, um, I understand how, I mean, I've just seen it through my kids. I just worry about them and, you know, them being able to establish their careers and get on with their lives and see their friends again, you know? Right. I had a cousin that graduated last year and they couldn't have a ceremony. And I felt so oh. bad for him because, I mean, that's one of the most, like, honorable, like, awesome moments for your family to come celebrate you, like, excelling in yeah. school. And he was in the honor society. And yeah, so I just feel so bad for those kids who just couldn't walk on stage and get their deployment right. so yeah i completely understand at the beginning we were like yes we finally get some time right which we did we knocked out four or five episodes yeah, that's right <laughs> so it was really Good. amazing um but then yeah after like it just kept going month after month after month we're like okay what's gonna happen the quarantine <laughs> 15 pounds kicked on like but, i know right but now but now everything's starting to open back up slowly but surely and we're starting to get yeah. ramping things up so i mean the light is at the end of the tunnel. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I, you know, the hard part becomes like, you know, it would be really great to just be able, like, to just have a party or just have right. din- yes. dinner with friends or any of that. But, um, but what we've done, you know, what I, what we've done in my, I have this group of friends that uh, we basically all had, we had a theater company that we created out, out of UCLA and, uh, we've, we've had it for a billion years and, um, 
we're great friends and we started literally 30 years ago having breakfast together every Saturday morning uh, at this one particular diner. And so we used to do that. We did that until COVID. And so then when COVID hit, of course, we couldn't go out. So we started Zooming. And so we have our Zoom breakfast on Saturday morning. So we kept it going. That's awesome. And so what that did was it allowed um, people who lived in other states and, frankly, other countries to Zoom in and be there with us in a way that they could never come to the diner because they they knew we were. (laughs) So, you know, there are gifts to this whole thing. I don't want to, like, say it's been good. It hasn't. But there are gifts to it. And I don't want to miss those gifts along the way too right exactly exactly well we're doing something new since the last time you've come on uh so yeah. be prepared be prepared <laughs> oh, no. Right. oh no get ready <laughs> the first one is we like to have our guests like explain a situation or tell a story of when they were on set one time and something embarrassing happened to them and now they can finally live through that story and laugh about it or uh, uh, maybe oh. in your case the writer's room yeah your most embarrassing Time in the writer's room. Oh my God! There's been there's been there's been many, and the hard part about being the showrunner is like I I have this thing of like oh my God I can't show weakness I right. can't be an yeah. idiot you know <laughs> I I will tell you that that, that a, there's a uh, there's a there, there used to be a sort of semi uh, um, ritual that I, my the writer's rooms that I would on shows that I would run would somehow eventually realize that I had been an actor at some point in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And they, and somebody would come in with footage of you know, with, <laughs> oh, no. with a DVD or a, or whatever. And, um, and, and I would just tell you right now, you don't need to look for it, but it is there. Um, I had a baby on, uh, Beverly Hills, 90210, the original. And, um, and so there's this episode where there's a, um, there was an earthquake and I got stuck in an elevator with Jason Priestley and, uh, with a girl who was dating Jason Priestley on the show. And that was the story that I was stuck in there with them and I was pregnant and I, and Jason Priestley ends up. Up, um, or Brandon, I guess was his name, uh, ends up delivering my baby. So that wow. clip, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. So that clip is, has come into my writers' room so many times. They're like, <laughs> they're like, hey, let's Carol have a baby on nine hundred two one zero. Hey, great. not yeah. many people can say that Jason Priestley <laughs> slash Brandon delivered their baby, though. I mean, you that's know, exactly that's right. a claim to fame. There, that's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> totally <laughs> true. <laughs> totally funny. Okay, and so the next one, and now we know you've been pretty busy, and you're writing, and you're and you're kind of doing all these things with Lil, Dash and Lily, and and raising Dion and everything. But we we want to know: Did you binge watch anything? Were you able to catch up on some stuff? What were you watching, Ooh. Carol? Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what did we watch? Okay, I'm a big Great British Bake Off person, so I watched all that, and then I. You know, I've done the things like, you know, that you're supposed to do, like, uh, you know, the, um, oh God, uh, now all the words are coming out of, we are just flying out of my head. Um, <laughs> you know, like all the, the prestige shows, like I always, I do that. And, right. but the one, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm in Atlanta right now shooting and it's just me and my dog in my little apartment. And 
I come home and I am going crazy over catfish. I don't know why. Oh. I started watching catfish. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of binging catfish at the moment because I, uh, uh, I saw the movie a long time ago and loved it. But, um, but I'm like, so now I just feel like I'm, I'm living in Atlanta with Neve. That's what I think happens. <laughs> that was unexpected. That was yeah, an unexpected I was answer. Not yeah, not expecting no. that. Like, right? That's yeah. so great. I was expecting like No, I mean, Bridgerton. I've watched the, no, I've watched Bridgerton. I watched Queen's Gambit. I watched like, I've, I've done it. I really have. I've done my thing. But, um, but I think that because, you know, when I'm working and I just want to come home and like not think about much of anything. Yeah, I understand that. You know, sometimes the hard, like I, I, I write drama, but sometimes that's not, that's not off time for me. If I come home and I'm just like, I just want to veg. I watch HGTV. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Are you a Property Brothers fan? Like I am a Property Brothers fan. I'm a Fixer Upper fan. I'm a, I'm an everything fan. It's ridiculous. There's a, there's a show, there's a show called Hometown and it's set in this little teeny city in, um, in Mississippi. And the guy on the show reminds me so much of my brother that yeah. I feel like I'm hanging out with my brother. So I'll call my brother all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> I keep telling him, you have to watch the show. And he's like, stop it with the show. That's Carol. so stop funny. It. We, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we were from very close to there. Remember when we were uh, started yes. off down in Biloxi and it's like literally right up the road from there. So yeah, we're huge fans <laughs> of that show also. So. All right, good. Laurel, Mississippi. Right? Yeah. 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 Watch well, it at dinner time. It's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. I love it. Okay. So uh, a favor, I'm going to ask you a favor, Carol, because I, I okay. feel like, you know, but, Myself and Logan, we we respect you very much, and I think when you say Thank something, you. we believe you and and we trust you. <laughs> and so I'm going to ask you to tell Logan that staring at the season will not make him an ultimate chess player. Like because <laughs> since, <laughs> since Queen's Gambit, he just keeps looking at the ceiling and he's like obsessed with chess. And so I like Carol. There you t- go, Carol. Tell him yeah. it's not going to work. <laughs> do, you want, do you want me to? Do you want, do you want me to help him step back from the edge? Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Please, Logan. It's okay, not going to happen. I'll try. Okay. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go back to home TV later. Home garden. Oh, my goodness. But oh my, I'm so thrilled that you came back on and talked to us because you're always just a blast to talk to. And you're oh, honestly you. one of my favorites. I know you're probably one of Dustin's favorites. As oh, well. absolutely. So I thank, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. And you know what? Of like course. this whole interview, I'm sitting there. I'm thinking. And I it, it just clicked into my head what she said at the very beginning when oh, she goodness. was teasing about raising Dion, about friends that come into the situation that might not necessarily be good influences and may persuade yep. bad things. And you remember there was a, that little guy at the end of season one that might <laughs> be pretty questionable. Could that possibly be a friend that comes into uh, Dion's uh, space there, oh, Carol? Yeah. You are a very smart man. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've been working on that writing stuff, Carol. You know, we're trying. <laughs> yep, yep. It's like, oh, why did they end the show with that kid? Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, there you go. No, that, oh my God, that little kid, his name is Griffin Faulkner. He is so great. And um, yeah, yeah, look out for that because, you know, <laughs> if you remember, the crooked energy went into him. Yes, so, yes. There you have it. And whether that crooked energy is Jason or not, we don't know, but we do know Jason's <laughs> yep. coming back. So we'll figure all that out. All the good That's stuff. That's exactly right.
Oh my goodness. Well, yes, thank you again um, for coming on the show because you're amazing. Like we already said multiple times, thank but you. of course, of course. And uh, we'll be reaching out soon because you know, you know, we got some things going on that we might want you a part of because you're amazing. <laughs> I, I would, I'm always happy to be a part of anything. And I, I'm not even kidding. I'm so impressed and so excited about you guys doing a, about, about you doing a, um, a short film. I mean, honestly, I, 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 I I've never done that. And I am so in awe of people who do that. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to hear about that and see here, hear how it goes. Well, awesome. We'll have to have you back on and we'll talk all about it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yes. good. Cause you know, good. we're going to have you back on questions. once it all hits with raising Dion. Cause yes. we're going to have so good. many things to talk about. So good, good, good. well, as always, you are an absolute gem and open invite, Thank obviously, you. whenever you want to come back on for Thank any you. reason whatsoever, we're going to say yes. <laughs> Thank you. You guys are awesome. It's great talking to you again. Now I feel like I'm hanging out in Atlanta with you guys and me. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, we're riding out COVID right up the road from you. We're in Charlotte, so we're just a couple hours are away from really? you right now. Yeah. So you know, I'm from Concord, right? Like yeah, right yeah, yeah. Like we house. talked about before. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, yeah. Oh. We're like right there. <laughs> oh. So you are technically hanging out with us. It's fine. It's fine. I am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> well, listen. We're gonna let you go and have a great night. And just thank you so much. And and take care of yourself. And enjoy your catfish. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> bye, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Oh, my goodness. She is just absolutely phenomenal. She is. She's so fun. And, you know, it's so fun because she was talking all about how real Jason is and how real Alicia is and everything. But how about how real Carol she is? is? Carol yeah. is just, like, the most down-to-earth, mom-first, family, like, j- just so genuine. And she's awesome. Well, yeah. And like you said, I'm not sure you would come across many showrunners that would be like no it's okay we'll right. have a spot for you next season they'd be like nope recasting time deuces <laughs> exactly like, exactly and i like how she pulling a little power she's like i really want this writer yeah exactly season yeah. one was a hit i'm just saying let's make that happen exactly <laughs> you know i love that she's just she's, uh, i don't know it's exactly just exactly she's amazing and thank you so much for coming on the big 150th episode carol we love you Thank you again, Carol, for coming on the show. All right. Now it is time for the top five segment, man. Yes. Super excited about this one, not only for the actual top five, and which we'll discuss here in a second, but we have the one and only, our forever guest, Rebecca Kennedy, back yes. on the show. 11th time, Rebecca. 11th time. Amazing. Thanks it's, for having me. Of course. You know we can't do a huge episode without you. It's just not allowed. <laughs> I know. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, that's huge. I, it is huge. And we just, uh, just remember, I mean, you were way back, I think, like what? Uh, episode, like, I, I don't know, first year. Yeah. And it was like within the first 10 episodes. It's so amazing that you yeah. hung around this long for us. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm happy to. I, you know, it was funny because our first episode, I think we joked about it, and then here I am. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so awesome. I mean, we really, really appreciate you. I mean, you forever will be our forever guest, and uh, just the support you've always given us, just shown us, is just amazing, and we, we just love you. Oh, well, I love you guys. Thanks for supporting me. I appreciate it. Oh, of course, of course. Of course. So yep. are you ready for the top five? Are you, are, are you good? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> this all was right. a tough one, though. It was I mean, a tough one. Top five so, sports they're all figures. Tough. I mean, it's, <laughs> I feel like you're picking, you know, if you pick this person, it means, you, you know, I always got to preface it like, it doesn't mean these are my only favorite right right and your famous line yeah. is these aren't really in any particular order i just <laughs> yeah, have five that's right <laughs> that's right 
<laughs> All right. Well, the, the category, we haven't even said the category yet, have we? Yeah. Top five yeah. sports figures. Yeah. Top five sports figures. And All of course, right. of course, our forever guest gets to go first. Yes. So number five, Rebecca. All right. And I will say I tried to pick ones in different types of sports. So it wasn't just, you know, the same kind of thing. Um, so my my fifth is uh, Babe Ruth. Oh, I'm already. Yes. <laughs> Score. <laughs> the big Bambino. Yes. Yes. And I Sandlot is one of my favorite old movies. So. Oh, same. oh absolutely. And we're talking Babe Ruth, Yankee Babe Ruth, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, all right. None of that Red Sox stuff. Yes, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can tell what area of the country you're from. That's we right. And, and the one time she picks Babe Ruth, I'm not wearing the Yankees hat. I know, right? It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> uh, so great. So great. Well, my number five goes to Abby Wambach. Everybody knows her from the USA women's soccer team won them a few gold cups in the olympics and done so many amazing things especially with her push towards the lgbtq community and doing all that amazing stuff but she's just a badass player man that's honestly who i idolized when i was growing up playing soccer because she she played like i did she played like i did or i played like her i should say i i can't take credit for that i can't take credit for that but but yeah she was just a badass and really fun to watch j-lo taught amy it was fantastic yeah right no it was amazing amazing. (laughs) yeah when i was a toddler (laughs) that's right (laughs) all right my number five i'm going back up to the north again you know i have to do it because i am a yankee and i'm going hockey and i'm picking mr patrick wall oh my gosh like Colorado Avalanche towards the end, Montreal Canadiens before they moved and became the Avalanche. But, uh, like, one of the single greatest hockey players of all time in the net. Um, he, when I was playing hockey, he was my guy. That was, like, who I wanted to yeah. be. So bad. He had piercing blue eyes and just the, the – the, just. but there's this one game that, like, uh, this finals – and it's game seven, and it's it's between the Florida Panthers and and the Colorado Avalanche, and 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 Patrick Waugh <laughs> and Mark Beziwax is they were both standing on their heads, and this thing went into so many overtimes I can't oh, even shit. remember. I was literally watching it for like four hours, <laughs> like it was so many multiple overtimes because neither one of them would give up a goal. Oh wow! It was so amazing to me, but. The bees finally gave one up. Wah would not give it up. It just like an absolutely amazing, amazing hockey player. Patrick Wah. I got to say, I've never watched a single game of hockey. So and you would have called him Patrick Roy. Yes. Yes. I would have. I would have. The only hockey player I know is Wayne Gretzky. Oh, that, like, well, that's okay. It. All right. I'm just saying. All right. Well, Patrick Waugh. Now you know. I'll do some research. There you go. I mean, Look I'm, him up, man. I'm watching Lost right now. I mean, I'm going back and like you doing are. all of this research. He has like all you could see was those like fierce blue eyes like through the mask. Oh. And it was like when, he, when they would go wide when a puck was coming, it was like so awesome. <laughs> all right. All right. Anyway. anyway. Rebecca, number four. Well, speaking of hockey and Wayne Gretzky, that's who I picked. Oh, Whoa, there you go. <laughs> he, he is the great one. I mean, you know, yeah, you, have, you have to pick Gretzky, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know a ton about hockey. I've been to a few games, you know, some games growing up. Um, but, I mean, as far as just like he's, you know, yeah, he's, a, he's incredible. So Boom. Yes, he is. Right there, yes, right there. And I love his quote. 
You know, you miss all the shots you don't take. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and that, that is like one of my things I think about often. So absolutely. Much. And then everybody has stolen that quote. Like, yeah. like they've credited that quote to so many different yeah. people, but it was Gretzky that said that. A lot that. to so Michael Jordan. Like, and yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm almost positive it was Gretzky who said it first. So. That's hilarious. That's so funny. Uh, well, my number four. He's like, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> it's like, yes, it was me. It was me. I'll take credit for that. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, my number four, I'm still sticking with soccer because that was one of my favorite sports to play and of course you idolize people that you're doing things with uh goes to cristiano ronaldo oh man this guy is literally the best soccer player that he brought so much style to the game that everybody was just like "Ooh, okay he's the most paid he's got the most endorsements like he's doing some amazing things especially when him and Lionel messi used to go back and forth when it was barcelona versus real madrid man those were some great games two great legends right there in soccer but and this guy is killing it with fashion i'm super big into fashion and he just he looks damn good i'm just saying <laughs> he looks damn good <laughs> okay all right there you go that's uh yeah so he's your generation's pele yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. Okay, say that. All right. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I am going now. I'm switching to another sport that I love to play and that that I was just huge into. Me and my brother back in the day, and uh, I'm talking about tennis. And so I'm going to choose my number four as Pete Sampras. Mm. Pete Sampras was like the like most epic player back in the day. Uh, his reach and the, the, the you couldn't get anything over this man's head if you tried. I mean, like he was able to just hit everything down, and he had some epic, epic battles. Him and uh, Andre Agassi, they built each other's names and careers playing against each other. They were like you know uh, McEnroe and Connor mm, back in the day. Yeah. Um, absolutely brilliant, brilliant tennis player. Held all the records for a very long time until uh, got a back injury oh, shit. and kind of never really recovered from the back injury and Federer came along and like Federer now owns all of Sampras's records and I'm ah. kind of pissed about that. But I like Federer so <laughs> yeah. it's okay. It's alright. But uh, Pete Sampras and for a time dated Kimberly Williams when oh. she was huge in Father of the Bride. Like, dropping yeah. all the knowledge. I know. I, <laughs> hey, you drop fashion. I'm just saying when she, when Father of the Bride was out and she was like the it girl of the time, he was dating her. It was kind of, you know, that there it was. Fantastic. All right. <laughs> Pete Sampras, number four. <laughs> all right. Let's see if I got my counting right because we all know in the past when Rebecca, when you come on, I get my counting all sorts of messed up. <laughs> I believe we're on number three now. What's your number three? All right. So I'm going to move it to football. Oh, and I'm going to go with Deion Sanders. Oh, he was a Cowboys player at one yes, point. Yes, so. he was. <laughs> you are and, awesome. You know, Cowboys for anyone that fan. doesn't know, I'm from Texas, from yes. Dallas. So, and a Cowboys you know, fan, and, and then yes, like, they know. did horribly. But I am still fan. So yes, yes, and as you should be, wear those colors proudly. <laughs> I, I too am I a do, lifelong do. Cowboys fan, and it's been a <laughs> terrible something decade or so. But yeah. we're hanging, we're hanging, we're gonna be all right. Yeah, you guys are. Well, we were good strong. in the nineties. We, we were good in the nineties, and we were good in the seventies. And then, like, <laughs> I don't know what happened in the eighties. I'm not quite sure what's happened in the two thousands, but I'm hoping like crazy this is our decade. So we'll see. <laughs> Oh, yeah. man, you could only hope, right? No, that's right, hope. that's right. It's been a long time since since we've been to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's okay, it's okay. He's crying right now. Yep, but nobody, only, <laughs> only people on YouTube can see it. Yeah. 
keep people from being injured and having to leave, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. My number three goes to the best there is right now, Serena Williams. Mm. Man, rocking and rolling on the tennis court. She is just a badass. And when I really started getting into tennis, that I mean, she was already on top. So, of course, this is the woman I'm watching and seeing her do all of these amazing things. And especially when it comes to tennis fashion. You can tell I like fashion. (laughs) Um, Her tennis fashion is just on a whole nother level. I'm just saying, and she's a badass and could probably kick my ass um, because she's ripped. She is ripped. She is like ripped. Yeah. (laughs) At once. Yeah, it's not not even just like a backhand with the racket takes out all of us at one shot. It's fine. It's okay. Well, it's interesting, uh, J-Lo, that you've brought up number three as Serena because my number three is also a female tennis player. And I think in prime would beat Serena mm. handily and pretty easily. That's, I'm just going to say it. Damn. She has she she was number one in the world for like the longest time ever, three plus years. She's won more Grand Slam titles than Serena and anybody, male or female. She's the last person to win the Golden Slam, which is all of the Grand Slams and the gold medal in the Olympics in the same year. I am talking about Steffi Graf mm. or Mrs. Andre Agassi now. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, just an absolute her and Pete Sampras I'm telling you watching those two play back when I when I was in the late teens and just like I, they they made me want to go out every time I watch them and play tennis yeah. I mean it's how I learned tennis is watching them and Steffi Graf I'm convinced Steffi Graf could have taken out almost all of the men in that era oh, like, like I mean she was just she had the best return game I have ever seen, which is why I think she could beat Serena. Serena's a beast on the serve, but Steffi could return the serve. And I'm just saying, it would be, it'd be fun to watch. It'd be fun to watch. My number three, <laughs> Steffi Graf. Stella freaking Graf. That's right. Oh, man. <laughs> Rebecca, what you got for number two? All right. Well, sticking with tennis, and you already picked Serena. I had her too, but I was actually going to mention goat sisters because I feel like it's hard just to be. Yeah, there you go. Yes. So, um, I put them both. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. <laughs> yes, the See, Venus I sister. feel like we we share the same brain, Rebecca, because we have a lot of the same stuff most we times. Do. And so, I, and I know it's like, and I, you know, some of mine are, aren't super, I guess, like crazy rare. So maybe that's that's why. But you know, you gotta go with what you like. So. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. I mean, seriously. Well, I mean, my number two, I brought him up last week, and of course I'm going to bring him back up again this week. The man, the king himself, LeBron James. Yes. That guy. Oh, man. Just everything that he does is just absolutely brilliant, especially when it comes to his activism work, opening up his own school, his fashion, um, his <laughs> game in the entertainment industry, Space Jam 2 is coming out on HBO Max this year. Um, so just a whole bunch of amazing things. This guy literally, I feel like, never sleeps. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's on top of the world right now, and I'm just going to say it. I'm probably going to get some hate. Better than Jordan. He's the best player in basketball ever. Mm. I'm just saying. He's on top of the world. Mm. I'm just saying. Mm. I'm one of those. Mm. Okay. All right. Silence. Silence. You got to go with what you love. (laughs) I'm sensing disagreement there on Rebecca's part. But, you know, hey, that's right. It's It's fine. It's It's fine. fine. It's fine. (laughs) Okay. My number two is a Wolverine. And I am just going to say it. 
probably the single greatest athlete in history. Mm. I know Jesse Owens and Carl Lewis, and there's so many, but I think this man might legitimately be the greatest athlete ever. And I'm, of course, talking about Michael Phelps, Mm. the single most decorated Olympian in history. The man was unstoppable and I think could probably still come out and fucking win a gold medal. Like, I I mean, what he was able to accomplish in the world of swimming is just unmatched, unparalleled. And I just – it's it's even now still just amazing to watch this man and what he's been able to accomplish and and the the – I can't even, the, the numerous swimmers that he inspired yeah. into the sport, both male and female, because of what he was able to do is just, I mean, it's hard to argue that maybe, maybe the best athlete of all time. He was the reason why I watched the Olympics. Yeah, oh, no doubt. Like, I think I think a lot of people tuned in to watch the Summer Olympics because of Michael Phelps. Yeah. Like, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So good, man. So freaking good. Rebecca, what you got for your number one spot? All right. Um, it was this was hard because there were so many, like you said, Michael Phelps. Like there's so many great ones. Um, but I'm gonna switch it over to the gymnastics, Ooh. and I'm going with Simone Biles. Yes, yes. incredible. <laughs> yes, yes, and yeah. yes. Man, what she's done is amazing. Yeah. Like, and the amount of yeah. people she's inspired is amazing. Yeah, Ooh. that's a good well, yeah, number I think, one. I think I read like recently that they said like she couldn't do certain things wasn't allowed to do certain things because no one else could do them either and so Mm. it wasn't fair yeah right right? like that just makes me mad like Like, i'm sorry it's like if you're that great you're that great exactly exactly (laughs) ain't my problem you can't do it but i can so i'm gonna do it like uh, yeah she raised the bar yeah exactly the rest of them have to follow suit I completely agree completely agree she's always an amazing athlete to watch uh my number one goes to tony hawk oh i love freaking extreme sports like dirt bike uh fucking snowboarding snowmobiles like all that stuff when the x games comes on i am glued to that television but tony hawk because i mean he completely took skateboarding to a completely different level turned it into pop culture basically after its failure in the 70s with just kind of riding the concrete but I mean, this guy is absolutely amazing, and especially with the attitude. He is such a humble guy, so nice. He's really just a big kid, and so that's why I really like him, and that's why I always like to watch him perform because you knew that you wanted him to do well because he was such a good person and always gave back to the people around him and the people he didn't even know. So, yes, my number one, Tony Hawk. Mm. Good pick. Good pick. All right. My number one, your description is almost exactly how I would describe my guy. Just a big kid at heart and generous and giving to all those around him and continues to be that way this day. But I've chosen because I feel like he's the epitome of the underdog. Mm, His entire career – starting from high school all the way up through college and into the pros, and I'm, I'm doing football, he was told, you're too small, you're too slow, you're never going to make it, you're not big enough, you're not strong enough, it's never going to happen, and now he's the greatest of all time, and I don't think it's going to be caught for a really, really, really long time. I'm talking about, of course, Mr. Cowboy, Emmett Smith, as like oh. he is definitely my number one. This is a guy who took all yeah. of that – all of that, you can't, you can't, you can't, you won't, you won't, you won't, and said, hey, yes, I fucking will, and I'm going to be, he wrote it down, he's got that piece of paper that he wrote down in high school, 
the all-time leading rusher in the NFL. That was a goal that he had from day one, and boom, there it is. And he did not stop until he got it. And, I mean, yep. some of the runs you see that guy do, that game against the New York Giants when he separated his shoulder and he literally only had one arm that he could play with and he was still running. And he didn't try to avoid people. That dude was still jumping over the pile or running through the middle <laughs> of the pack tank. with one arm. He was a tank. Yes, yeah. he was. Yes, he was. So my number one, Emmett Smith. I feel like you guys are passionate about the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> America's team, baby. Was, yeah, I mean, he was great too. That was like one of my, I was like, ah, oh, who do I put? Yeah, that was an obvious choice. So I'm glad you picked it. Right, right. And I, I wanted to just go triplets, just the triplets, because I mean, you know, they were all freaking epic back then. But yeah, Emmett, I just feel like yes, Emmett, mm, such a good well, top such five. An inspiration for just anything, um, you know, not even sports, but anything you want to do. When people tell you you can't do something, and you do it anyway. That's right. That's right. And I love his thing. It's a, it, it's a dream until you write it down. Then it's a goal, and then you and then you do it. And I love that. I, I absolutely love that so freaking good man uh all you people out there listening to the top five segment what are your top five sports figures who do you idolize most that plays sports in the entertainment world we want to know be sure to comment in our youtube description either on youtube or apple Podcasts, spotify google play music all those places where you can listen to your podcast or reach out to us over social media because we love the fan interaction and it's all about connecting with people in this day and age so definitely it's so good so good well, Rebecca, what do you have going on right now? Yeah, what you been up to? Oh, man, pandemic life, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, L.A. is still very much, uh, I mean, we have outside dining is open. Yeah. Um, but we're still very much closed down. Yeah. There's yes. not a whole lot to do um, other than eat. <laughs> yes. um, that is definitely why we have not returned yet. We have not yeah. returned back yet because we're riding it out until it's all good. <laughs> yeah, there's not much point, um, you know, yet. So hopefully eventually we'll, you know, be able to uh, step, yes. you know, move steps yes. for, uh, closer to having more stuff open. Um, oh, and you can shop. I guess you can eat and you can shop. <laughs> <laughs> so basically you can spend um, money that you probably might not have for a lot of people, but, you know, hey. Yeah. Um, and stuff is, is filming, uh, starting to film again, uh, which is, uh, hopeful. Yep. And, uh, and I, um, you know, uh, speaking of just things we're doing, you know, we had a segment at one point where we did our top five books. Yes. Uh, and we definitely got to bring that back, but I started, uh, so a friend of mine, uh, who's an actor reached out to me in August about starting a book club with another friend of hers. And we started, so we did that and now we're on the gram officially oh wow okay okay um yeah it's called actors who book because you know we're actors and we also read and (laughs) actors who book that's fantastic the play Um, on words is brilliant yeah i can't take a claim to the name because i did not come up with it but um it was it was a it's really really fun we've been on not quite a month yet um we post uh basically um, every day, if we can, uh, a new book with a review on it. Um, and so, yeah, so if people uh, love to read or want recommendations, they should totally, you should totally check it out. 
and you know you might just uh, find something that you want to read so. yes i mean anybody who follows you know you, you you've like accumulated like 5472 books it's amazing yeah. like <laughs> she's she's just reading nonstop like it's well, fantastic well there's not a lot to, else to do right now so that's been <laughs> uh really something that's filled my time other than just watching a screen yes which, um you know i love movies obviously and tv but um it's good to have do something else that you know makes your your mind creative and it's popular um, like like you have no idea yeah. i'm so glad you said we need to bring it back because yeah everybody like hounds us about when are you guys coming back on to do your books again? yeah do another book so, club. yeah so we're, we're definitely yeah. gonna have to have you and autumn back on and, and like because uh, she's read a ton more too you guys just yeah I, I don't even know we have to catch up yeah like, i mean we had her back on a couple weeks ago and she said something about she had a 40 book a for the yeah, year like yeah, she's gonna read something. 40 books a year i was yeah. like wow Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. You guys are killing it. Yeah. We, we, no, is, not so I much. Think I think my goal is 50. Nice. So, there you go. Um, Overachievers. I, I over try here. to up it every, every year. But <laughs> something I can achieve. I've only read um, three I, so I far know. this year. Three. That's that's not very good. I'm trying to it's read not. two at once right now. Better it's quite difficult. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. We're busy, but hey, you know. And they're they're different. I mean, it's like Ted Turner's uh, biography yeah. and then Matthew McConaughey. And then the, oh, Netflix, nice. the the Netflix book, Ted. Uh, I mean, uh, Reed Hastings. You know the the no rules rules thing, which was really like freaking interesting. Though. Yeah, like how that all works. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I'm yeah. It to... also depends on how dense the books are. Yes, you know, exactly. That, it takes longer. I read a lot of fiction, um, as you'll see on the on the page, and a lot of them are thrillers. And so it's like I can get through them in a couple days because it's you know it's not like really dense reading. Yep. Um, actually, one we read. Um, I read this year um, that we just put on this week uh, behind her eyes is now a uh, Netflix show that dropped on Netflix on Wednesday. Yeah. That's cool. So if anyone wants to know what that is about, that's based on a book that is insane. So I totally recommend checking out the show just because you got to see it to believe it. <laughs> there you go. Becca dropping knowledge. Right. Dropping knowledge. That's all she does. Right. That's it's all she true. Does. Well, listen, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Come get a little crazy with us. I mean, because, of course, of course, we're going to always have to have you back on for the big shows. And, of course, always welcome. Anytime you just want to come on randomly and talk industry news with us because you've done that before. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, open invite. You know she's going to be making some crazy, awesome, wicked, freaking nasty, like, special guest appearance on something where it's going to be epic. So we're going to have to, like, you know. I mean, yes, come on. I will definitely be back. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> crazy, because I'm sure it will be. Yes. Show I'm on next. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That that that's your thing. I want to see you show show pop up on one of the nine one ones and like eh, it's gonna be crazy. Yes, that would be fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can only imagine what it would be. It would be epic though. <laughs> so funny, so funny. Well, listen, take care. We'll be talking to you soon, yeah. and uh, have a great rest of the day. And tell your hubby we said hi. I will. Congratulations again on your 150th and have a great weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. So good. I always love having her on. Oh, yeah. Forever guest. Forever. Always. Always. (laughs) Well, heading over to the box office recap, man. This is by no surprise. Number one is Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. Holy shit. I watched this over the past week, and it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that's what you said. I got to watch it. Dude, like so many up-and-coming black creators and black actors, and like there's barely any white people in this thing which is great because we need more representation of ethnicities and different races and dude it was just 
I had no idea about the Fred Hampton story mm-hmm. until I watched this thing, and now I'm doing like all sorts of research and yeah, shit. Hell yeah! <laughs> like you know, you go down a dark tunnel. Um, number two is the Little Things. It came in with two million dollars. Number three is the Crudes, a new age with two million dollars. Number four is Wonder Woman 1984, still trying to stick around. Yep. With one point one million dollars, and number five is the Marksman <laughs> with one point. They flip flopped again. They did. Like that 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 Liam Gal. It just keeps going back and forth. They, it they really does. <laughs> uh, new movies that are coming out, maybe in a theater near you. Nomadland, which I heard is really good. It's yeah. being nominated for a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. right now. Uh, Silk Road, uh, Bleth Spirit, uh, Body Brokers, and Days of the Bagginald Summer. Oh, okay. All okay. right. All right. <laughs> movies you can still go see, possibly, is Land, Monster Hunter, News of the World, Promising Young Woman, and War with Grandpa. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Heading over now to the IMDb Pro Top Trending segment. It, you guys know we love the app. You know the whole deal. But He showers with yeah, it still. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still. still happening. <laughs> uh, the top trending movie this week is Malcolm and Marie. Already. Yes. Like, that's awesome. It's been out for like two days now. So that's so epic if you guys haven't seen it. If you are a film lover, film buff, it is definitely necessary. You'll absolutely love it. Here is, if you're watching the YouTube video, a guest <laughs> appearance from Peanut, Hi. our puppo, our puppo. Hey, Peanut. Um, <laughs> hey, buddy. And the top trending TV show this week is WandaVision, by yeah, no surprise. Oh, that oh. one's going to be around for a while. Oh, my gosh. Were you guys, like, what were you thinking? Like, if okay, no spoilers, but if you haven't watched this week's, watch the credits. Yes. Watch the credits. All I'm saying, Do there it. is a scene this time. Yes. Just wait. Just wait. Uh, and the Trop Stranding star, by no surprise, after all the drama she brought last week, is mm. Gina Carno. So, yeah. There it is. Enough said. Yep. Um, anyway, guys, thank you so much for getting crazy with us on episode 150 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. we got to thank our guest, Carol Barbie, for coming on the show oh again. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She was just absolutely phenomenal. And, of course, Rebecca Kennedy, our forever guest, will always be forever. Yes. Um, be sure to follow them on social media. You can follow the company and podcast on social media at Crazy Ant Media and at ItCalf Podcast. You can follow us both personally on social media, myself at JLo Fantastic and... Uh, crazy hit guy next to 70. I'm like, wait a minute, what's my name? Oh, <laughs> and of course, you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. If you're watching us on YouTube, hello. Hello, you, you hi. Find, you saw Peanut the Crazy Dog. Yes, and Peanut of course, the Crazy Dog. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, and ring that bell for all the crazy <laughs> notifications, guys. And be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear and, of course, our Patreon page where yes. you can start to donate and get a little crazy with these ants. So, yes! I mean, just a phenomenal show. Obviously, the two guests that we had come on, they are just both a blast and both always honorary crazy ants, obviously. Oh, definite, definite. Um, But, yeah, a lot of good Netflix news and a lot of good Disney news. Yeah, and, of course, all the superhero news. The Zack Snyder trailer and, like, uh, you know, the news of Supergirl coming and, like, I, I just, you know I'm a geek. You no. know I'm a geek. WandaVision slaying it up in the ratings and, like, I just, yeah. Yes. You know that's always my favorite. So good, man. So good. And of course, of course, another thing that was just absolutely a favorite of ours, the one and only that was interviewing the Royals, not so royal anymore. (laughs) Yeah, right? She's great. Oprah!